help busy over 40s get in shape in 30 days with only 30 minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another episode of the Powerful Kettle Knights podcast. And I have with me my main man. You probably know him under this handle, Eric Does Kettlebell. He's an online coach and I think many of you are familiar with him. He has a pretty decent social media following. And I think we got connected a couple of months ago. And we had a back and forth. I invited him like twice. This is the third time now. So the yeah. first two times I had to I had to postpone it. I think at one time I was even on vacation. I didn't even realize it. And I was like, man, this guy must be thinking, man, you're always postponing this this conversation. <laughs> and then I bumped <laughs> it back up. I said, Eric, come on, let's make it happen. And now we finally make it happen. So I'm really proud to have him on. And of course, we're going to talk about all things kettlebell. So Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Gregory. I appreciate it. I don't know. Maybe you're just trying to play hard to get or something like that. You're <laughs> yes. You're like, does this guy really want to talk to me? Well, we'll see. Maybe third time's the charm. Let's see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's let's see if he wants to follow up and if he shows some skin. Yeah. Awesome. So, Eric, you know, as we all as we always do with everybody who appears on a podcast, is we want to know your story. How did you get started? with not only just kettlebells, but your, your fitness journey in, in general. And you, uh, we mentioned when we got started that you're now transitioning or you're already working as an online coach. So give us your background. We yes. have the time, let's go. Okay, I'll start with general fitness. I was always into fitness, I think in sophomore year of high school, which is 10th grade. I know you have an international community, so the American school system may not be familiar with everyone. Um, but in high school, so I was always that kid who was relatively small to my peers, you know, compared to my friends and, and people at school. Um, and so all guys, you know, in high school, they want to sort of not maybe not all guys, but I wanted to get bigger and I wanted to get stronger and more masculine. You know, you're going through puberty, you're comparing yourself to all of your peers at school. And so I started off just in the in the in the gym just doing my traditional bodybuilding, weightlifting stuff. This was, you know, pre-social media, luckily. So I wasn't one of those yeah. bro broccoli-haired fitness kids posting uh, on TikTok or anything like yeah. that, um, which is ironic because now I post my exercise videos on Instagram. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I was really into just like the general bodybuilding stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. I had an older, or I, I have an older brother and he taught me a little, but he was also learning at the time too. I never had any formal gym training at all. Um, the biggest thing was just like wanting to feel the pump, you know? So, so that was like my first foray into fitness. Um, and I did sports growing up, you know, soccer was my main one. I did baseball. I'm a, you know, coordinated guy. And so I just, you know, did sports. Gen I never really got into them or anything like that, but um, but anyway, transitioning later on, I, I joined the military. I was in the, the Marine Corps. And so just given that you're constantly surrounded by, um, by fit freaks. And of course it's necessary to stay fit while you're in the military. Um, at least in the Marines, just gonna, mm. some people will get that joke. Um, so, but I, I never touched kettlebells until 2020 like many ah, like many right. people pandemic all right yes. yeah yeah with, with the pandemic with COVID. yeah yeah um i was living in dc washington dc at the time and um you know geographically across the u.s different states and different cities have different regulations right so 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, DC being a major city, um, more liberal in nature politically. And so as a result of that, a lot of uh, gyms closed down, including um, two or three that I, 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 I frequented one, which closed down, but then like all the other ones near me, they closed down as well. So I was like, all right, I got to figure this out. I got to mm-hmm. figure out a way to stay fit. Um, and I always knew about kettlebells. I, I'm not embarrassed to say that they always intimidated me. Um, I always thought that I would break my back doing them because just the snatch, it looked like way too scary to me. Um, and so before I actually got my first kettlebell, um, I, well, I went on Amazon and I tried to find one, but, and they were all sold out as I'm sure you're like during this time. Yeah. Everybody jumped on it. It's, 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 it's like hive mind thinking. I don't know what happened. But man. it was it's good just... for you. I wanted to get to you in a second. Yeah, yeah. You were posting then. You were already, you know, familiar yeah. with me. I'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. But um, but because they were all sold out, the first thing I got was this 25-pound slam ball. And I it didn't I, – I, I was just that crazy guy in the front of my apartment building, like, throwing this tiny Bam. ball. Bam. I was like – I did two things. I, I threw it up as high as I could. And then I threw it down as fast as I could too. And <laughs> and you know my neighbors were looking at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? But I needed to do something. I like, yeah. I needed that that pump, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, this isn't doing anything for me, so I'm just gonna try something else. And then finally I got a kettlebell. It's like a 35 pound kettlebell from from Walmart. Um, oh no, it was it was actually on Amazon. It was some like rinky dink one of those like two cast ones that they put together. Then like yeah. the, the seam is just like was so bad. Like it, the seam, there were like two halves of the kettlebell. One was higher up here, and one was lower. <laughs> um, but at least it was a kettlebell, right? You got started with it. It was, yeah. at least it was a kettlebell. My hands yeah. were destroyed more than of you know course. normal. Yeah, you know, you know the drill. Yeah, we, anyway, we all know it. Yeah. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, so of course I went to YouTube, and you and Mark Wildman were just like my online gurus for oh, awesome. forever. And your voice would just you know emulate through my apartment building for months and so you know my, my fiance she knows who you are even though she's not into kettlebells at all uh so, th- so this awesome. experience is is surreal for me awesome but, uh, man and so th- so that was my first introduction to kettlebells yeah ironically i never actually hired an in-person coach i really just try to utilize what i could on the internet um i would Every time I get into something as a hobby uh, or a job, I just immerse myself as much as I can. And uh, there's a point at which I, you know, figure out, like, am I into this? Because if I am, I'm going to commit. And kettlebells were that thing for me. So um, so I would just spend, like, you know, hours out of my day just consuming kettlebell content, getting used to how people look when they do it. And, um, and I would try to emulate them. And so after a year of working out with bells, I, I started recording myself. I was like, you know, this online community really helped me figure out this new tool and it changed my life. Mm. You know, at this point, the gyms were still closed down. Yeah. So I was doing kettlebell full time for a year and I was like, this thing works. I will say I'd lost like my physique was less impressive than when I was at the gym. Right. Because kettlebells aren't intended for See, you know, bodybuilding. And here's it. Let me just yeah. uh, jump in real quick. It's yeah. that's it's something that people don't want to hear. Is yeah, but 
are you going to lose muscle when you start using kettlebells? And I always say, if you start using kettlebells, let's say the way they are built to be used with momentum and with um, explosiveness and where you work, where especially the eccentric phase is missing yeah. most of the time, especially when you jump into the ballistics. Of course, you can do the grinds. Nobody wants to, uh, I'm, I'm not saying anything against them. But if you miss out on the eccentric phase, you are missing out on one of the most important parts of building muscle the way we are used to in the gym. So I myself lost some muscle when I yeah. got started with kettlebells. And it doesn't mean that you cannot build muscle with the kettlebell, but if, if you jump into the ballistics and if you don't want to go heavy all the time and, and you use a, let's say like, I always call them evergreen weight. So if you're really good at it, that's like 24, 28 something. Mm -hmm. Then, and, and you're snatching, swinging, cleaning, then your physique is going to change. And that's why I believe if you still want to have this, it's like a little bit more of a muscular type of physique. Don't quit the barbell. Don't, don't quit machines and use the kettlebell the way it's intended to be used. But it's definitely going to change your body. It was, in my case, happened to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember, I, I think I saw a video of you comparing, because you did like general bodybuilding sort of stuff. Too, yeah. Right? Yeah. Most, I was definitely into it. Like everybody. And yeah. yeah, so I, I think I think it's important for people to be aware of that before they get into kettlebells so that they don't get the wrong impression. And, um, you know, I, I think the way to look at the way that I look at kettlebells is it's just a tool because it really is at the end of the day. It's just like a piece of metal. Yeah, how you wield it. Exactly. How, how exactly. Look, so um, and but, you could also and you could and here's the thing. You could also use it for bodybuilding, right? You could. You could. But, I, I think it's less efficient. It, that's it, and it, it's it's a weight at the end of the day. But look at the pros; they don't use it. Why don't they use it? Because they use other tools who give them more ROI yeah. for their speci a specific goal that they have. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it is. Don't get the wrong impression. It's still a weight, yes. But if you use it, what what is? I always say, why are you getting a kettlebell if you don't want to use it for the ballistic manners and or the ballistic exercises? And the momentum because it's a bell right so that's you're swinging it if you just want to use it for bodybuilding you can but it's not like you said maybe not the most effective or not, or not the most efficient tool some people though i think given their circumstances they should use it for that if that's their intent oh, good point um, you know, good point people people who live, live in rural areas or you know maybe they're facing some like financial difficulties and they don't want to pay you know, X number of dollars per month to go to the gym, they can, they can use the kettlebells for that, but they have to know that they have to change up their training regimen, you know? So yes. it's all circumstantial, but, um, but at the end of the day, I think the kettlebell is one of the most holistic, um, tools for fitness out there because it really is like, I, I don't know if you said it first or so I know you've repeated this quote, but it's like the Swiss army knife of the yes. fitness tools. And yes. I believe that. It is. Um, it touches all bases. Touches all bases of of human yeah. movement qualities. As long as and, you're doing it correctly, though. Yes, yes, yes. And and maybe maybe you are. I I always say that the clients are just online, especially because clients, our clients, they don't care about that. I always say ninety nine percent of people who are not in fitness, especially the people who are above forty, who just need something to move and they want to get in shape, they want to get rid of that back pain, they want want to get all these beautiful benefits that regular exercise can provide you with. They don't care about looking jacked. 
or looking like the Instagram guys or the gals. It's just a small, that's just, funny thing is when you look at it from a 10,000 foot perspective, it's just this small little space where we find ourselves in, where you always think that everybody wants to be Jack, while at the end of the day, that's just not the reality. But uh, aside from that, you might lose some muscle, but you will, you will gain in other areas. Yeah. The mobility, the endurance, you build one of the most important muscles and that's your heart, right? So it's, it's yeah. The, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take notes. I brought a notebook so that I could, because every time you say something, I'm like, oh, I have to comment on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of those uh, things that you said, a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these people who are jacked, they are facing, you know, issues physically that you just don't see because why would they post it about that? Mm. And so if you do want to get rid of that lower back strength and, and some other ailments that you're, you know, maybe your body's hurting in such and such a way, you're not really going to fix that doing machines at the gym and just, you know, optimizing, you know, that ROI from, from muscle building. Um, and the good thing about the kettlebell is because it is so holistic, it forces you to really work your core. My lower back, I didn't even realize I was neglecting it so much prior to picking up a bell. And I was like, what the hell is this? I'm getting a lower back pump right now. So, um, <laughs> yes, lower back pump. And those benefits are not physical. And um, because of that, I think, you know, psychologically, humans have a hard time understanding that benefit if they don't, um, if they don't see it. Yeah. They have to, they have to feel it to really, to really understand. Especially if it's in the back. I don't know who said it. Somebody quoted this. He said, you always focus on your front, the chest, the abs, the yeah, biceps. the mirror is right there. Because that you see that. <laughs> but yeah. you, you don't see what's going on behind. That's why you don't focus on it that much. Right? You know so, Sorry, yeah. yeah. Keep going. The um, when I started recording myself for Instagram for when I was taking my these videos, uh, you, you realize, you know, I set up the tripod and then I walk in front of the camera to go to my bell. And I'm like, I've never seen myself from that angle before because why wouldn't you? When you're in front of the mirror, you see the front, when you're posing for pictures, you see the front, you know, occasionally you'll see like the side, you know, both sides. You rarely see yourself in the back unless you're like, you know, um, unless that's your intent, and um. And I noticed, you know, over the years, certain angles have changed because of that posterior chain work that I was neglecting before. Mm. So in that regard, you know, your physique does change. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it changes in a more well-rounded way that humans Good probably point. looked more similar to historically in the past, you know, our ancestors as they were, you know, uh, traversing through through their environments carrying all this heavy weight yeah. they had like bigger torsos yeah. uh, i mean depending on their diet obviously i don't know how much yeah. muscle they have in their legs but um but it is it's just interesting to me to see this transformation it's it's nice that i found the kettlebell just so i could introduce myself to this new form of training and so um i just it's just a commentary on silver linings you know the pandemic was terrible for so many people obviously um but i'm i'm happy that i can make a, a positive out of it and it's yeah you know, changed my life so awesome awesome yeah. and when you transitioned into the reels or the videos posting for instagram i mean yeah. it took it took off man i mean you have it, it, what's the size the, the, the followers that you have the size mm, it's over 100k right yeah 111 Awesome. So that took off really quickly. I mean, if you if you started in 
2020 and you started uploading maybe like what a couple of months later or a year later or something like this yeah so so what happened man it's awesome <laughs> so I, I knew that i wasn't like all right I, i'm trying to figure out where to start this i knew that i wasn't the the biggest guy physically so back to aesthetics yeah not the strongest guy i'm i'm five foot nine 165 170 pounds um so just physically, I, I can't lift the most impressive weight that you can see mm -hmm. people lifting on there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, but I'm relatively fit. I really enjoy this kettlebell. Um, at the time, it was a hobby. So I was posting for fun. And so what that did, because I didn't have the pressure to post for an income for a job, I had that freedom to really experiment and use it as a, as a creative outlet. Um, I was always that like artistic-minded guy growing up. So I would, I, I drew a lot growing up. I was into photography. Um, I, I played the trombone. I was, I was awesome. high school. So I always had these outlets, these like creative outlets, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, but in 2020, I didn't. I, for some reason, I, like as I grew into adulthood, I sort of like lost that side of my life. Um, hobby wise and so this this sort of re reawoken that in me so i used that aspect of my creativity as um like you know for posting on instagram and so i think i think it resonates with people and like the visuals instagram is a very visual platform um I, so i mean if, if people are listening to this are creators um one of the unique things i've learned is just like the different aspects of of all the different platforms I, I definitely, you know, as I mentioned, I, you know, listen to you and Mark Wildman on YouTube. YouTube, I feel for me is more informational, you know, longer format. My attention mm. span, when I sit down, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this. Most mm. of the time, the videos I watch on YouTube are just podcasts anyways. Like they're just, mm. I just go there for information, you know, mm -hmm. Instagram, um, quick. I mean, you know, when, at the time it was more of like a dopamine hit when I, cause mm -hmm. I just had a personal Instagram account, you know, and I would just follow my friends and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so but I wanted it to be entertaining for everyone. So I like a quick burst of entertainment, but in also informational because I didn't want people to come to my, my page and not walk away feeling like I didn't want them to walk away feeling like they didn't learn something, you know, hmm. so I wanted to add value to people's lives, both, you know, aesthetically plus information wise. And so I, I try to balance those two, but I'm also aware that when people are on Instagram, it's not passive, right? They're actively swiping away and figuring out, it is it is kind of a drug in that sense, unfortunately. So I wanted to add value, not just with dopamine, but also with um, with with knowledge. So, mm -hmm. um, so I started posting, you know, my workouts plus the details of that, so they can read through, like, oh, how how exactly does this guy train? That's cool, but the aesthetics is what really like gets them mm -hmm. uh, interested mm -hmm. in the first place. And uh, yeah, and and you have this visual this artistry really in, in your video that is visible with the colors and i always see i always when i swipe when i go through ig i always see immediately it's a eric does kettlebell ig or oh, a real yeah because I'm it's right the, the visuals and <laughs> yeah but the visuals right the, it's always like 1960s 1970s kind of style i, I love that era it's like a bygone era. ah see <laughs> and you and you wear that's the clothing like you yeah you look you look like a time uh, a time traveler right retro and, yeah retro style yeah well i mean yeah in addition to that so so you know if, if anyone who's listening to this is a creator i think just 
one piece of advice from me is to to be authentic and find your own your own voice and for me you know i'm not putting out these long format youtube videos like you are at least at least not right now and so my voice would you know really comes through with my the aesthetic that i'm achieving and, and really that's that's the fun part but again there is informational value that i put out there mm -hmm. as well that's mostly in like the captions and mm -hmm. and the workouts mm -hmm. but um but yeah, I because of COVID too, back to that point, I didn't work out inside of a gym. And most of these gyms too are also like very flashy, they're modern, they're nice. Um, working out in nature, I think probably also adds to the, uh, yeah. the sort of retro aesthetic. It's all yeah. natural. It's, yeah, yeah. Trees and grass have been there forever. Yeah. yeah. And um, and that's probably part of the environment too that, that mm. you're resonating with. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Most people, they, you know, they put their phones in a gym and they record themselves. But um you know me which I, is also I, a pandemic that's <laughs> all yeah exactly. everybody awesome. records themselves. and funny thing is i i don't even experience this anymore i mean the last time i was in a corporate gym was in 20, 2019 because oh, yeah. i i own my own gym right so i always train in it but i always went to another corporate gym that's not right next next to our gym because i wanted to yeah still do some machines and stuff but after covid hit and the way they they were sending out some letters and and yeah, yeah but that's 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 not did relevant. You, uh, your gym at the time, did you only have kettlebells in your gym, or because I know you have no like no no. It's it, I had I had a little bit of kettlebells and I had machines, barbells and dumbbells. Oh, so you transitioned to kettlebells. I transitioned to kettlebells. Oh, okay. Yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I thought I thought you always started with with bells and that was no 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 no. It was it it was originally it was a YouTube video. I always knew about bell, kettlebells, heard about them, but it was one video back when I was doing the content in German that took off and it was a kettlebell video and then I was like okay so if YouTube wants this right I've learned this initially listen to the audience don't of course you have to put out stuff that you like but once something hits follow that trail and I found okay hey so people want kettlebell content okay let's do it and then I quickly realized, hey, if I want to take this to the next level, I have to, I have to talk to a master. And I've always heard about Steve Carter. And I remember in 2016, 17, I, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, uh, how much do you charge for a personal session? And uh, he said, well, it's three and a half K. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have that money right now, but I'll get back to you. And in 2019, I had the money. I said, hey, Steve, come on, I'll fly you over. And then he certified Angie and me and the rest is history. But it was actually a YouTube video that I did just, you know, just for for content That's that so cool. let me down that kettlebell yeah. trail. It's crazy, man, to think about it. So, so that's really interesting because as yeah. a creator, you're adapting to what the market wants. One, yes, and, and but two, you also had the natural inclination to want to learn the kettlebell too. Yes, yes. Are you is that does that say something about your psychology that you're just like open to learning about any any fitness tool, or was there something specific about the kettlebell that you really liked? I'm generally open to learning about everything, okay. especially especially when you, when when I open up my gym and you go into self-employment and there's no safety net, no nothing. You be you have to become a ferocious learner. Yeah. Or you're or you're getting swallowed up, in the marketplace. So if, if 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 YouTube didn't give you that feedback, right? Like if the viewers, yeah, watch. What, what I don't do you think, know. What do you I don't think know. You're doing right now? You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it, I, I would. It, it's it's back to that one video. I think that's I think crazy. it was God's way. It was God's way of telling me, bruh, that's the path that you have to take. And funny thing is, now that I look back, I'm like, wow. I'm so. 
I was always passionate about fitness, mm -hmm. but the passion about kettlebells, it's like, it's, it's another level. It's, it's um, boom. And that's when, when we have, you know, conversations with clients and our, our sales uh, calls. I just had a sales call before I got started with, with you. Um, I, it's, it's, you said this, right? It's a great advice to be authentic, right? And I don't even have to try. I'm, I love that tool so much because first of all, it saved my business in the pandemic. Mm. Uh, it gave me a completely different perspective than that typical bodybuilding type of stuff that we all did and many of us got started with. Mm. And I think it's, it's I, I kind of feel responsible now to carry the torch of this part of the era of physical culture where we now dive into the kettlebell, understanding it from perspectives that weren't obvious before. And I also have enough ambition to see or to know that there's a throne out there and I want it. Because I see that Pavel is getting older, Steve is getting older, my, my sensei. And I think whether they like it or not, once you've reached a certain age, you have to pass the torch. And I think, I've learned this from Steve, is I love the way he describes it. His style of kettlebell training, is, he says, it's like a martial art of, 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 of training when you pick up a kettlebell. Mm -hmm. He's the martial artist in kettlebell. Yeah. And I always understood from the more analytical side that Steve is actually combining these two ideas, get a voice sport, right, the kettlebell sport idea, with if you can even call it hard style. I've stopped calling it styles anyway because I've realized it's all about oh. intent. Interesting. Okay. No, I like that. It's yeah. all about intent. I, I don't use the, the style analogy. Because, and like I'm saying again, 99% of people never heard of kettlebells. They don't care about styles. They only want the benefit. Right? That's, mm -hmm. I, I've, I've recently started, I've purchased a, I purchased a marketing course from one of a, a very large agency from, from uh, Australia. They're mm -hmm. called King Kong. And uh, the guy who founded this is called Sabri Subi. So I started, I, I bought a marketing course, got started with it, and I immediately realized all the mistakes that I was making. It's not, first you have to point out the benefit that people can get, and then you explain the method. But when you are on YouTube and you always talk to the choir, right? You talk to the crowd that knows kettlebells, yeah. they already know the benefit. So right. then you always talk about the tool. And I've always was looking for this, the, the way to harmonize these two ideas, right? The benefit and the tool. And I think I now I'm finally getting there to a certain extent where I understand how to, how to pitch it to normal people because normal people don't care about, they don't even know Pavel. They right. don't even know that there's competitions with Kettle. They, they don't know and even more, they don't care. Normal so, people, uh, yeah, I've told them you know, then they've asked me, like, how do I train or what, what do I do? And I say, oh, I use kettlebells to them. I mean, that sounds as strange as if someone exclusively did dumbbells or like cables. But yes, yes. And so it, it's more rare, I think, for people to just focus mainly with one tool. And even that concept, you know, is kind of is kind of strange for, for it is. And it's so crazy because you actually can say that this one tool touches all these bases of human qualities. A barbell doesn't do it. The dumbbell doesn't do it. The machine. Of course, you can use a dumbbell for cardiovascular training, a barbell rather not. But 
a dumbbell, yes, but what's the first thing that gives out? Your grip. And if you rack a kettlebell, the way you, 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 in a rack position where you have it right here, you don't grab it, you attach it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like an extension of the body. Exa exactly. So you are, you are attaching weight to your skeleton. And then you are, I, I always call it, I started calling it a weighted locomotion. That's, yes. that's, you don't do it with a dumbbell, you don't do it with a barbell, and most definitely not with a machine. Maybe if you're rocking, right, with a rucksack, right, or with a backpack, right, you're attaching weight to your frame and then you walk. Yeah, so kettlebells do a, do a similar thing. Right, I agree. Let's, can we go, let's go back to the styles. Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Because, you know, you were talking about newbies who don't know anything necessarily about kettlebells specifically. They just exactly. Want to benefit, right? But then, uh, then the, the the choir that you're preaching to that you mentioned where they know all everything and really you're just repeating ideas that they exactly you know, or you're just going more into detail exactly. But um, but there there are people in the middle who have some understanding of kettlebells, who know the difference between hard style and sport. Yeah, and and that in the past I've used as a reference for my own way of moving which i would say is more like a hybrid style as well yes um exactly. but what i what i've learned though is that well one i'm happy that i started learning i you know i think it was a combo you know you have more of like a sports style that i learned from and then mark wildman was uh more of the hard style and um and I think the combination of those two really gave me a good basis. And I'm just now putting together that it's because I was able to look at the similarities between both. And I didn't have to do, I didn't have to swing my leg or my, my, my torso in like a specific way, my hips, um, to achieve the desired effect. It was really a more holistic approach between mm -hmm. the two. And it's yeah. like, whatever the Venn diagram is of, of sport and hard style, like focus on that and then even then in the future you can make up your own style and break the rules because you know what not to do and i think yeah. it's mostly just like avoiding the bad to achieve the good you don't necessarily have to fit into one of these boxes um to oh, get most definitely yeah 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 no yeah he uh, you're mentioning uh this is a concept that i always consider becoming an expert when you are learning the tool follow what your masters teach yeah when you have mastered the tool venture out on your own yeah because how how else can things evolve exactly you can't, you can't stay static yes yes um, you learn you learn you, for example the i have over 60 conversations now on this podcast yeah. with mostly kettlebell folks right okay and we're learning so many things about this tool. At the same time, I also s realize that the more that I, I learn, the less I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, before I came on, sorry to interrupt, but before yeah. I came on, I was like, I was like three months ago when you first invited me, I, I felt more confident with this tool because now I'm just like, my style is changing up. I'm like, there's, there's so much that I, I, I know I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to keep going and figuring it yes, out. Yes, <laughs> yes. Sorry, sorry. Just... And, and that's, that's exactly the reason why I don't think it is a good idea to cement yourself in stone with any type of training, philosophy, or style, however you want to call it. 
and the most liberating concept I have received or I have heard was from Sean Mosen. And I've quoted him like thousands of times on this podcast. He was, it was the most pivotal quote. It's not about the style. It's all about intent. Yeah. That, that kills the whole debate. Because here's the thing. Let's just say, okay, I want to do, what is your goal? You want to build, let's do some strength endurance, right? Or just endurance. Okay. Now for a person who doesn't have the, the technique of a double jerk down pat, right? Boom, with double kettlebells. For this person, it's an all-out effort exercise. It's strength, it's brain, it's endurance, it's blood, it's everything, right? Blood coming out of their ears because they're dying. Okay. Once you've mastered the jerk and when you pick up a belt, it becomes an endurance exercise. Mm. Even with heavier weights. That's the crazy thing about it. Because you rack the weight on your frame, on your skeleton. You can stay static without using any muscle. And as you explode the weight up, you do the same thing that a weightlifter does. It's all about power. So we could, we could call it power endurance at the end, right? Mm. Great. So... That's, that's what you want to do. For example, I, I, I'm not the type to go for 30 minutes on a rower or water rower or on a treadmill or run. I'm not that type. So now I do, hey, let's do two minutes of running, two minutes of water rowing, two minutes of jerks. Or and two like, minutes of uh, like in, a, a in, a, in a circuit. So I have six minutes of cardio. For example, that's my Saturday workout. And then the next round is let's do two minutes on a treadmill, two minutes on a water rower, and then two minutes burpees or two minutes long cycle. So now I've categorized these exercises as endurance because I have mastered the long cycle and the jerk to an extent where, where it becomes an endurance exercise. Right. As, doesn't build muscle, not at all. That, and look, at, look at the Russians and look at the champions. They don't, have, they don't have that muscle because it's all about explosiveness and endurance. And every kettlebell sport coach is going to tell you the first thing that you need to build is endurance, volume. Great. So you want to build endurance? Great. So do you master these techniques and exercises? Great. Let's break it down even further. Do some swings. That's also great cardiovascular training. Yeah, but I'm dying. Yeah, because your lower back is probably not, uh, not, not conditioned yet. Yeah, my grip. Well, maybe you need to use chalk or your grip is not conditioned that, or your technique is failing. But once you master all these things, it becomes a cardiovascular exercise, period. Now, Let's take the other route. You're saying, hey, Gregory, listen, man, I want to build some muscle, build some strength. Okay, let's pick up these double kettlebells and do strict presses. Do some heavy deadlifts. That's, the, that's my difference between heart style and sport. It's either high tension or high volume. And that's why I always have to debate with these SFGs and RKCs, and they don't like me for this sometimes. But I'm, and here's the thing. I don't want to step on somebody's toes. I just want to get closer to the truth. That's my only goal. I don't care about emotions. I don't care about Pavel. I don't care about nothing. It's all about the truth. So here's the thing. It doesn't make sense to use that much tension with a ballistic exercise. Doesn't make sense at all. And then I hear, yeah, but it's for explosiveness. Yeah, but listen to what Louis Simmons says and what Dr. Yuri Khoshansky says. He says, true explosiveness is built in 0, 1.5 seconds. So it's not explosiveness. But then, uh, um, what's his name? Sven Rieger, the German, uh, he's the SFG team leader, strong first team leader from Germany. He said a good quote. He said, 
Yes, you're right. It's not perfect for explosiveness, but maybe somebody who's not conditioned, maybe that's enough to build some explosiveness. I said, yes, I agree. I agree. But yeah. it's not pure explosive training. Or let's, I mean, ex explosive is not even the right word. It's not power training because power, right, is how, how fast are you able to move a weight? Right. So it's power training. So when, when SFG, and here's another thing. Then you look at the hard style, the snatch test, doesn't make sense at all. Because if you go above 10, 20, 30 reps, it becomes an endurance exercise. Of course your body changes and adapts to it. So then, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking bad about these guys. That's what they sometimes misunderstand. But from an analytical perspective, it doesn't make sense. And then I always hear the same thing. They say, well, it's, it's a test of grit, right? It's, are you able to push through? Okay. But still, a mental exercise that. it's a mental exercise. Great. But still, you are applying a sprinter's technique to a marathon. Doesn't make sense, man. But where the heart style makes sense is when you have to use tension techniques. Where the Russians normally use barbells for this. They say, hey, for kettlebells, it's all about its jerk, long cycle, snatch. And for the rest, for GPP and gr or grinds or building more strength, we use the barbell. And so Pavel came up with this great idea to say, you know what? Let's use it for general fitness and for strength as well and build building muscle. And that's all cool. But the problem arises is when somebody from this camp starts claiming, I have the holy grail because it's the only true way to use a kettlebell. And that's where I'm having problems with. I'm like, hey, man. Use it however you want to use it. And that brings us back to this discussion about the pyramid or, or the expertise. If you're just getting started, listen to the ones who went before you. If you reach the expert or master status, venture out on your own. Yeah, dogma can really hold you back in generally in life. You have to be open to new ways of looking at things, um, you know, new ways of looking, new ways of thinking. And... Unfortunately, I think that when people do get these certifications, um, it becomes part of their identity. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I, I, hope that, I hope that most people can see through that. Um, you know, having a certification behind your name doesn't necessarily have commentary on, on what this tool can do. Um, yeah. And so... And, and, yeah. and, and I would even go a step further. It just teaches you in two days or one day, which is not enough, the ultimate basics of these exercises, which is great because then you understand how to apply them and use the techniques. Hello, Astrid. So yes, it teaches you these basics, which is awesome, great, but it doesn't teach you how to teach it to somebody else. So that was the major point that I was missing. And one of the reasons why I started certifying folks or why i started building up this education idea that i want to get started i already got it started but i want to deep, dig deeper in it because the first thing that you have to learn as a coach is how to of course you have to master the exercises yes but then you have to understand how to teach it how to coach it not not kill people with with giving them a cue every second so that they feel unworthy to do the exercise first of all to begin with that's why when people say, well, the, 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 the snatch is the king of the exercise. Beginners have no, come on, man. 
Hey, you, it's an 8 kg. You're having a solid swing? Great. You have a great press? Awesome. Try a snatch. Yeah. Why not? It's not going to kill you. <laughs> at the end of the day, the most important thing is to, to get people interested. So you yes. tell them and to tell them the truth. Um, and, and so hopefully, and to make them comfortable so that they can progress. Because a lot of times, newbies, you know, they aren't, at, at this whole, for the past, you know, 10 minutes or so, we've been discussing like the nuances between the two camps or multiple camps, right? Yes, yes. And, um, and I agree with you just, just for the record that like a lot of this dogma is, is, it's, it's ridiculous and you shouldn't necessarily, you know, put yourself in a box. Um, and, but it is important for people to just become, if they do become interested in heart style because they like the cast iron kettlebells versus the, the competition bells, good for them. They're probably going to go into that camp. I, I just hope that, you know, they, over time, as they get interested, if they get interested in it, because like you're saying, if there's too, if they get inundated with too many details about like, oh, this is like the king of the exercises, you're not doing this exactly right, you can't move on until you do this thing exactly as we say, that could kill their motivation and move forward. Um, and so, or, or it puts them into this, into this God mode where they roam the the streets of youtube yeah, and then I mean, tell everybody yeah. Yeah, exactly and tell everybody that this is wrong because right, they yeah. have, so I, right I'm, I'm thinking more is just like the general the person who's training not necessarily putting content out uh, there. okay but right. but from your perspective you know i could see how that's very frustrating um especially on youtube where these discussions are happening it uh, used to be it used to be but it I, it stopped it stopped bothering me because now we have i i also have to say i think we have grown to a certain level where people recognize it to a certain extent let's call it let's leave it at that and then i ha i've also had great discussions happen yeah. so i think that the the community and, and the folks that, that that are attracted to the stuff that we do are just normal regular people who are into kettlebells they think it's an awesome tool they want to learn about it and they are not inundated with this dogmatic like you mentioned this tribalistic approach of who's right who's wrong so, and, and that's because that's my stance. That's Steve Cotter's stance, right? So I, I, I took it from him. By the way, I wanted to ask about Steve Cotter. So what, what attracted you to uh, meet him first? Because at this point in your kettlebell career, you didn't, you didn't have the perspective that you do now yes, about, yes, yes. about the nuance. So what is it about, about Steve Cotter's way of the IKF, IKF or IKFF? IKFF, yeah. Yep. Uh, what was it about that that attracted you to, to it? I think it was more I, I've heard about Pavel but this tough guy mentality Russian thing we know the secrets you don't we're spetsnaz you don't we own the holy grail you don't this kind of repelled me I was like I'm not into this I didn't buy into the marketing thing I was just gonna and say so Steve it's marketing thing. Okay. yeah of course it's marketing man this is all about marketing this has nothing <laughs> to do with and nothing to do with reality man it's it's you know what? I mean, you've been in the Marines, right? So how did you guys train? Well, it was it was honestly it was different depending on which fire team you were in. But okay, uh, small group. It's like a small group of Marines. But I mean, mostly we have our physical fitness test uh, and the combat fitness test. Okay, and that, that was you know we did a three mile run, we did pull ups, yeah, yep. and crunches. So that Great. was the test. Great. The, 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 the okay, so it what it, it never happened that one day some special ops uh, major who spent 10 years in Afghanistan went up to you guys and said, 
I have the perfect secret tool now to make you combat beasts, right? This never happened, right? And picked up a kettlebell, right? This, is, this doesn't happen. It, but it makes, and of, and, and of course, there's this, this great um, famous image of Pavel standing like this. And then you have this, this guy with, with a, how do you call it in English? The, the mask, right? Yeah, the mask, right? It's, it's a special word in German. So you have this guy with the mask on, swinging a kettlebell, and, kettlebell, and Pavel stands like this. Where you think, man, this guy is instructing the Spetsnaz, man. These guys who go out and kill people, right? So, <laughs> of course you get this. That's, that's the kind of vibe. And I've, I've talked to John Duquesne. I, it's not that I made it up. I've talked to John Duquesne, the founder of RKC, who, who, who with Pavel, alongside Pavel, created this thing. And they said, you know, we, we, we knew. We, want, we wanted to become the authority. So we decided we are the authority from now on. Pavel was very charismatic. Pavel was the branding guy. John Duquesne was the direct response marketing guy. That's a perfect match in heaven. And you have an awesome tool that is, has this, right? It, it's it's yeah. that. And where do kettlebells come from? Man, it's market weights. And then they were highly popular in Europe. Then there's this guy, Dr. Krajewski, in, I don't know, at the end of the 19th century, coming over to Europe, seeing all these crazy strongman guys using the kettlebell and other tools. So then he imports it to Russia. It becomes a solid staple in Russia and it gets lost in the West. But it actually was part of the West too. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it is marketing. And that was to, to get back to your question. I'm always taking these huge detours. Octopusing. We're going to yeah, different. Exactly. And so I think I knew who, who Pavel was, but I didn't like his approach. I knew who Steve was. I loved his approach. I checked out his videos. I knew all, I didn't have him, but I knew about his DVDs where he had like thousands of exercises with the kettlebell. And uh, then we got connected and he was super cool with me. He was very open, very, very gentle, very, uh, very friendly, very supportive. And I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's my sensei. That's the guy I, who I want to learn from. That's good that, that he vibed, that, that you know, you guys vibe together. Most and yeah. it, it is commentary too on the market. Like there has to be all these different available options because different people have different personalities. Yes. Yes. Thing. And exactly. one thing I will say, even though Pavel, you know, did have this hyper masculine um, marketing perspective around the kettlebell, I'm sure that did help a lot of people get into it. But too, what I've noticed is there are a lot of women who are really into kettlebells too. And you would think that that's not the case given how um, people look at the kettlebell because it is such a masculine tool, at least with the hard style, you know. It's interesting that you're mentioning this because John Duquesne shared with me that one of the reasons why him and Pavel split was because John wanted to include more stuff that is directed towards women. women. Yeah, because why Pavel, would they want to go in these like gritty masculine? Yes, and Pavel didn't want this. Pavel said no, and that's why they split. And then he came up with strong first. Interesting. I don't. I didn't. I didn't know the background with all that. Yeah, stuff. that's. See, I want to go. I go. I want to go to the bottom of the truth. That's why I talk to everybody. I just want to learn about. it. I'm so fascinated. So passionate about that tool. So everybody who was connected back in the day, of course, I'm going to talk to these guys. And and I'm and and that's important. I'm not. I'm not throwing slack at Pavel. I'm not saying. I mean, Pavel is the reason why Steve got started with kettlebells. And I always say, if you talk about kettlebells long enough, 
Pavel's name will seep in somehow because he was pivotal in popularizing this cool that's why this tool that's why i call it i always call it the the renaissance of kettlebells in the 2099 i used to call it the revolution and then i realized hey wait this tool was already around so i called it the renaissance do you know what uh the churchillian drift is it's this it's this concept that you know over time over long enough period of time a lot of quotes will be attributed to winston churchill and I feel like uh, the same thing is true with Pavel. Uh, so Churchill <laughs> said all that stuff. Yeah, I just read a. Uh, I, I uh, yesterday when I was writing uh, some copy, I was uh, thinking about that quote from Warren Buffett, where he says, um, "The chains of bad habits are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken." Oh, interesting. Wait, yeah. can you say this part again? The change. Of the ch the chains. Of habits, yeah, the chains of habits are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. And I think that that's also commentary again on intention too, because you really have to set the right intention. Of yes, yes, right yes, 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 yes. And um, then I read, I, I googled it, and I landed on some kind of page where where somebody said, well, it was attributed to Warren Buffett, actually but actually am. somebody else <laughs> said it. But who cares, man? I mean, it's the, the same said, regardless of who said it. It's it regardless, it's the same with kettlebells, right? That some people say, well, I've heard this from Steve. I've heard this from Pavel. Some folks even say, well, I've heard this from Gregory. I've heard this from choose whatever you name you want. It doesn't matter. It's all about paying it forward. Who cares who said it? Nobody. It's all about letting people know about these great and awesome benefits that this tool can provide and and really take away this tribalistic thinking and this dichotomy between like oh I have to do it this if I do it this um, I can't do it the other way that that's that's not true man you can use it however you want to use it I cannot agree more and I think that the fact that you're posting online on, on YouTube and especially talking to different people on this platform is really good um there it, it is kind of funny because in uh the bodybuilding community i don't know if you keep up with that anymore oh a little bit I, yeah for, for fun i i like to you know see what the drama is about because <laughs> constantly, there's always drama constantly there's drama yes. and uh but with kettlebells it is a more you know friendly community i feel maybe that's just because there are fewer people competing in it probably uh, <laughs> yes that's a regard regardless good Regardless, I do think it's good to have these debates too. Um, yeah. I've I've sort of been on the outside looking in. I haven't I haven't had the pleasure of being so controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, but hey, I'm <laughs> glad yeah. you're taking the lead on that. That's good. And, and, and the funny thing is, I, I don't know what it is, but many people consider it to be controversial if you are just embarking on a journey, the truth, where you I don't like I mentioned, well, yeah. I, I don't care about. I don't care about Pavel's status. I don't care about the master of sports status in kettlebell sport. I don't care about kettlebell sport. I just care about the tool. And the tool, my, my passion of wanting to go deep into the rabbit hole leads me to all kinds of places where I even talk to people who have nothing to do with kettlebells. And then when I talk to these people, for example, I had, I had a weightlifting scientist on the podcast. Andrew Charniga was his name. And through him and through a lot of articles and reading the Russian, uh, uh, liter not literature, but the books from Dr. Yurever Khoshansky, and then seeing what all the strength and conditioning coaches are doing, nobody is using kettlebells. 
in sports. Nobody. Yeah, I know why. I mean, I can guess why. Just that it's an intimidating piece of hardware, and it's foreign, and it feels weird. Probably, but probably. But here's there, the there is there's a learning curve at the beginning. Although to be fair, once you get to a certain level with weightlifting and if, you know professional, you you you're fine. You're going past that learning curve. So you think that the people who have surpassed learning curves with other tools and other modalities would do the same with kettlebells, um, but it, it hasn't. It's not the case with most people for some reason. Um, I would. I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. There is this. What do you think, from your perspective? What do you think is the king of lifts? With kettlebells or just in general? No, no, no. In general, the king of lifts. What do you mean by king of lifts? So, like, what? What do you mean by king? Like the one that everyone should do, the one that has like the most benefit on like the bot. Like, what do you mean by exactly the, the one exercise that probably almost every strength and conditioning coach who has a little bit of a reputation and has built some athletes and some champions uses. I'm thinking. Because there's a lot of pressure on this question. Yeah, it's, I mean, just, just give it a guess. <laughs> oh, wait, but you're asking for my... No, 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 not the personal. What There is, there is the king of lifts, and oh, I wonder I what you think oh, it is. Okay. Yes. It's not right or wrong. Just say, what do you think snatch. it is? Snatch, I'll say the snatch. The snatch, okay, great. Why, why is that? Uh, it's a full body movement. It requires a lot of power and force to get the weight up there from the ground... Especially like the dead snatch from the ground to the air. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. What is it? Funny story about the snatch. Um, Gregor Sobochan, he's a Slovenian master of sport. And I think he coaches the national team in volleyball of Croatia or Slovenia. I'm not 100% I'm not, uh, on this. He met Dimitri Klokov. Are you aware of this guy? I Probably visually I am, but not yep. better than it. Dimitri Klokov is one of the... The guy's a monster in the weightlifting world. Yeah. M massively jacked and crazy strong. He met Gregor Sobochan, or Gregor Sobochan met Dimitri Klokov. And he was looking for this great answer like, hey, as a weightlift, as the king in weightlifting, what is the one exercise everybody should do? Do you think it's a snatch? Dimitri said, you have no business doing a snatch this is a highly technical exercise that is only for weightlifters right yeah great so we kept uh so we had the conversation going and going come to find out the king of lifts is the barbell squat okay that makes sense too yeah so all sports coaches especially the ones who know what they're doing include some form of a squat and it can also, from my perspective, it can also be a very heavy double front squat. Because as you know, a double, double kettlebells, it crunches your abdominals, it, it turns, your, it, it, it turns your, your, your intestines into something different. You feel a very strange sensation in the abdominals and it works your legs like crazy. So I would even say, hey, let's even throw a, double, a heavy double front squat in there with double kettlebells because the weight displacement and everything is completely different, right? S similar yeah. to a front squat. But <clears throat> here's the thing, the king, of lift, the king of lifts is the barbell squat, okay. So the reason why the kettlebell is not involved 
in any of these sports exercises is because it doesn't add this particular benefit that we all think it does. Because if it would, all everybody would use it. Wait, wait which which benefit specifically? <laughs> the load? Just just a general. For example, you say the swing makes you faster, right? Or people say swings make you faster. Great. Why do I read in these Russian books behind me that the only thing that they teach and that they show sprinters and runners is a first of all improve your running technique? And I didn't even notice. I, I talked to a, a biomechanist. His name is Dr. Michael Yeses. Yeah. And I've learned from him that football players, soccer players, runners, uh, marathon runners, sprinters, they can all improve their running technique. And I said, don't you think it is necessary just to let them run and then they approve? He said, no. There is a specific perfect way of running that you have to learn depending on the sport that you want to go to. And as a biomechanist, I immediately see if somebody has bad running technique. So the first thing you have to do is fix your running technique. And then you train specific movements for the legs. Very strange movements that I've, that I've seen folks show me where I'm like, what kind of movement is this? Well, it's like actually... Like cable stuff or what? Yeah, really strange bands and stuff. Really strange exercises. Where yeah. even one exercise, when he explained it, for example, you have this one gal, she's laying on her back. Then she has power bands spread between a power rack. She has her heels on, on the band, and then she does this with the legs. That, and that helped her, huh? That helped optimize? It helped her optimize in a certain, I can't remember it, but very strange. But it makes a lot of sense the way you explained it. Okay. And then you see all these Russian guys and all the, in the literature, always squats, jump squats barbell squats split squats any type of squat it's always involved and the reason why i'm saying this is we are so we're so huge proponents of kettlebells and i think it is awesome for general fitness because like we already discussed it touches so many bases of human qualities and physical qualities which is awesome but when it comes to sports performance it's a completely different ball game gregor sobachan maybe uses some swings with these athletes the rest is barbell stuff I will say in my own training, I do a lot of, I do barbell squats. So I do incorporate barbells now that I have access to the gym uh, where yeah. I do have, you know, access to a barbell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you don't have that, then I think the front double kettlebell uh, squats are the other way to go. Now with that, you can't get as heavy load, right? As with if it's just balancing on your back because you do have to. Yes, yes. Most definitely. Yeah. From falling forward. Yeah. So at the benefit of having the, the bar on the back. Um, yeah really beneficial plus the fact that there's so much variability in weight that you can add to barbells so um yeah i mean i think i would agree with that then for being the king the king of, of lifts yeah and we we've talked about it before that you know when when whenever you when you talk to so many people i mean it's 60 folks right and and learning and, and reading i read a lot of stuff and i realize i told you this before the more you know the the less you know yeah and with Gregor Sobochan's episode, I said the same thing. The more you know, the less you know. But we can conclude that the squat is one of the best exercises to include in athletics. So that, that's just a baseline where you can say, okay, if you, if you don't know anything, just let them do some squats. And I think you're, you're good. 
And I'm not saying that the kettlebell could be utilized for different purposes, but the way we make it out to be sometimes. So if you do a heavy swing with maximum tension, you're going to run twice as fast. I don't think that's true. I think also the simple Because if it was, just real quick, because yeah, yeah. if it was, Usain Bolt's what we do in swings all the time. <laughs> Imagine him if he did, right? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I would like to see him do some swings. Yeah. Uh, the, the simplicity is really attractive to me too with squats. The more... Now, I, I do think there is a point at which you can get too minimalistic. Um, I know that there was some mm -hmm. controversy. Good point. Yeah. Going back to Pavel with his commentary on Rogan like three years ago when he, when he was asked, you know, what, what exercises do you do? Dips and, and swings. Like, yeah. Yeah. Was what? it just the dips? I know his swings was one of them. Was the other one dips? I think dips and swings or maybe some get-ups. I don't know. With swings and dips. Right? No, yeah. I think it was swings and the get-ups. No, it was dips. Dips was most definitely dips. Okay. Yeah, because okay. yeah, with kettlebell, it is really hard to work the chest with the kettlebell. Anyway, but um, to me, that is, in my opinion, too minimalistic. Like, that would bore me to death. And there is mm -hmm. a psychological aspect of training, too, where it's like you have to keep, you, you know, you have to have a good system. You can't mm -hmm. get overly complicated, but there's like yeah. a balance, right? Mm -hmm. And squats, because they work so much and it's so technically easy relative to some other kettlebell movements, Mm -hmm. um, I know we're talking about the barbell, but obviously, you know, with the front squat with the kettlebell. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, everyone should incorporate just strict up and down. Yes. Squat. And I mean, it's also about the ballistics of cleaning and squatting either necessarily. Yes, yes. And it doesn't even, and, I mean, ballistics is another topic, of course, but w with, a, with a kettlebell rack squat or goblet squat, a double front squat, or even split squats where you have the kettlebell in one hand, or you even pick it on your back if you have the mobility to do so, right? And then do some jump squats like the kettlebell sport guys sometimes do. It, it, I think it's one of the exercises that, aside from athletics, which, give, which seems to give you so much strength and power for your GPP because everybody uses it, right? From, it's one of the exercises with the biggest skill transfer, right? I mean, every day we sit up and down. And people, when they get older too, you see a lot of people with frail, like skinny legs as they get older. Yes. And, and yes. They, they, I think a lot of people, especially since uh, Schwarzenegger made bodybuilding so big, they saw this massive chest and these big arms, this big back and this V taper, and they don't realize a lot of strength comes from the legs and, and the lower back. Um, and so that's neglected because, again, it's the case in aesthetics. Um, Although, so, you know, I don't know. How would you popularize squats more? How do you get people to, to really focus on, the, on, on that specific movement? Well, one person at a time. Yeah. Just say it. Just market it. All right. Just keep, keep bringing it up. Yeah. You don't, even, you don't even have to bring it up. I mean, we mentioned about uh, benefits and, and the method. Don't even talk about the squat. It's all about, hey, man, you, you want to have... Uh, you want to eliminate your back pain, right? You want to be able to stand up when you get older, right? You want to play with your kids. You want to do work in the garden. You want to have a, 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 a strong, quick pace. When you're, what you, we want to be able to run. You, you, you want to, just everything that your legs do, right? And you don't want to feel that back pain when you sit a lot. So, well, how, how can I eliminate this? Well, I'm going to show you. Just go up and down. There you go. 
yeah. right? So it's, and, and us as creators and, and coaches and trainers, we get sometimes, I think I get, at least that's my experience, I get caught up in this, like you mentioned, in this thinking of how can I popularize this specific exercise and tool and market it. Forget about the tool and forget about the exercise. It's all about the benefit. You lead with the benefit first. And it took me, I don't know, it's so obvious. But in my marketing material, it took me ages to learn. Just a, just a, a little uh, side note. As a, as a free lead, as a lead magnet, you know what a lead magnet is? Right? So as a lead magnet, I used to always tell everybody, hey, you want to have a free workout? Check it out. Right? Until I've realized that this is not... First of all, the proper audience that I want for our coaching. And I've realized that when I look at my uh, conversion rates, they're not really that good. Of course, you can say, well, optimize the landing page, optimize the message, whatever have you. But here's the thing, and that's what I learned in the course. I've stopped marketing the kettlebell per se, and I started using a different type of headline. I'm saying, here's how 6 million people get in shape with this awesome kettlebell code that can help you get strong in 30 days sounds way more attractive to people yeah. who are not used to kettlebells right so that's what i'm using and conversions go through the roof okay so i am understanding and realizing that lead with the benefit first you give people what they want and then you give people what they need right no, I think I think that's great. I, I just one caveat to consumers who might be listening to this is that those benefits can only be achieved with the work that you put in. And so you can provide the tool and the knowledge, but until they actually pick up the kettlebell and start using it as as prescribed, um, you know, they're not going to see those benefits. So it's it's this dance between you providing that information and, they, and them actually putting in the work. If you know, exactly. assuming they're online and not in person where you can yell at them and make sure. And <laughs> yes, but even online, I am now uh, starting to create a new program, which I'm working on for uh, January, February, or maybe January, where we are incorporating this idea where you work with us and on a weekly basis, we have you and the group and everybody else where you show up for a training session. We did like this on Zoom or something on Zoom. Yes, we did this earlier uh, a, a couple of a months ago, but I've stopped it because it didn't work the way I wanted it to work. Now learning more about how to program and how to sell a course and how to market it. I've realized that I have to do things differently now. And then you're mentioning this crucial point. Yes, people need to do it. And us as coaches have to somehow provide accountability. <laughs> and I think if you're able to provide accountability through a great means that doesn't cost you too much time or not even too much time or maybe too much of your effort where you're just saying, hey, once a week we meet and then we train, right? So then they have, a, they have the option to sign up and, 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 and treat their fitness as an appointment where, hey, I got to show up to this session, let's, let's do this. Then you're actually giving them a step more because here's what I've realized as well. When you sell courses, un the unfortunate truth of courses is that, and, and I do it as well, and we get great feedback from some people who use it, but the unfortunate reality is that only like 5% finish a course. Yeah, I've heard lower uh, numbers. Or even lower, right? From, from like the fitness apps 
because I I've spoken to some owners of these uh, apps where you know people upload their their programs and videos, and I was like, it's like do you, I, I don't want to say exactly which app this was, but I was like, do you mind telling me which? You know, like how, what the percentages of people like the attrition rate, you know what like how many people actually finish these courses? He said it was like one or two percent gets like the very end. And um, was he reluctant to share it? No, no, no. I have a okay. good relationship. Oh, so great, we, great, 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 great. Uh, because I, I would be, I would, I would assume that he would say, if he was, I'm not saying, not uh, saying that there's, there's any ulterior motives, but just thinking that if I want to sell you an app, a coaching app, and now you're saying, hey, how many people actually finish it? Well, it's somewhere between one and ninety-nine percent. <laughs> well, so he, this app specifically, the platform allows for coaches to sell their program, so it's not yes. a coach. Ah, okay okay so yes. you know yes I, I could see if, if it were a coach you know that he'd be more reluctant to share the, the stats yeah uh, but i think it's more just commentary on human psychology but mm. you know the fact that you're including um a means to help them get over that hump right um yeah. it, it's a dance right it's on both of you to, to figure yes. out Yes. And here's the aspect is, is huge. So I think oh man, people people join the course, but they stay for the community. Yeah. yeah. So I, I've realized this. I've realized another thing as well. When you charge more, people are invested more. The more you invest, the more you are invested. You know what a Veblen good is? V e b l e n. V e d l e n. V e b. Veblen. Veblen. It's no. a uh, right now. The exact definition. Uh, it's it's basically what you're saying right now is that the like luxury goods that people care more about it if they pay more for it, right? That's and, it. Man. And so many times, that's it. <laughs> sounds so bad. If you increase the price with certain items, like people are more willing to pay for it because there's this like perceived value. Yes. Really, the value is really an internal state right it's like i i do view this as having this high value yes a lot of times if you don't charge that much people are going to think that it's a crap product that you're putting out and so um, i mean you can still you can still um, we have we have products especially with online courses we still sell courses for 49 then we have one course for 147 then we have a membership for 39 per month then we have a yearly annual membership for for what was it 299 and I just closed a, a, a client today for three thousand. So it it it's a complete. It has has nothing to do with with it. The, the system is always the same, right? So the idea is we want to get you moving, and we use the kettlebell as a means and as a method because first of all, like we mentioned, we know touches so many bases of human performance and qualities, and you can do it at home. So can, you can sign up for the Zoom. We have people who don't live in our area who, who sign up for the program because they're saying, that's awesome, man. I, I, I hop on a Zoom, I do the session, I jump on the shower, I'm ready, I'm, I'm going. I don't have to go to the gym. It's that's only good. 30 minutes of work, you take care of everything. So many benefits that the kettlebell can provide, right? So it's in there. But if you do a course where you, it's a done, for, a done for yourself, or it's a do-it-yourself solution, you can get the exact same benefits, right? Just Play, play the video, do the follow along, and there you go. Yep. And then maybe, right, adjust a little bit of your nutrition, train once or twice a week, do this for 30 days, you get awesome results. Yeah, and people who do want to get involved with the kettlebell, say they're not already, just know there are different types of offerings out there, 
right? You can get involved in a community. Say your psychology is such that you want to be on video calls. You want you want to see, you want to be interactive. You want to see people's faces. That's an option. There's in-person training, or there's a more passive, cheaper option where it is really DIY and you rely on yourself for that. Exactly. It's, it's daily awesome. or weekly motivation. So, the fact I, I just wanted to add too about the commentary on on the internet too. The fact that all this is available now. Ten years ago, this would have been impossible. So, yes, um, true. So, you know, I commend you too for adapting and figuring out different methods to attract different people into this. this yes, unique, unique tool. Because I'm hearing, I'm hearing two sides, right? The one side is saying, stop selling courses because nobody finishes them, and oh, it's you, who it's. Who says that? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, that's uh, his name is uh, Yuri El Kaim from Healthpreneur. Just because of the five percent. Rule. Yeah, and he says, and he said, it's not worth your time. You have to, you as a coach, it makes more sense to invest into high ticket programs, right? Where where people are more invested, they pay more, and then of course, with five clients, let's say like you you have a program where people work for six weeks, they you charge uh, three thousand dollars, you have five clients, it's fifteen k. Of course, there's a lot more to it. It doesn't sounds that easy, but the selling process and the marketing material and and, and it, there's so much to it, right? And of course, the product has to slap. If you if you charge 3k and your product is bad, out. yeah, you're, that's that's another. I mean, just just take the product out out of the equation. It has to be awesome, great, okay. But I'm not gonna stop selling these courses because there might be some folks out there who just have 49 bucks for this one six week kettlebell challenge, and they are in that five percentage tile, who finish the course, it changes their life, and hey, I've done my job, awesome. Awesome. I want to help everybody. Yeah. And like, or at least the people who are interested in kettlebells, right? And, and I have my target audience. I understand my target audience. I know their problems. I know their pain points. And I know there are some folks out there over 40s. They have a family, yet they have this one kettlebell. They don't know what to do. They buy this course. Then they maybe do a couple of workouts. They don't finish the course, but hey, they stick to it. And they say, well, thanks to this course from Levi Stock, from Gary, man, I got started. And I, now, I, now my kids see me train and all. Hey, man, even from our free content on YouTube, people say this. They say, man, the kettlebell, so, right? Yeah, the kettlebell, see, they, my kids see me train. Uh, it's, it, there's so many awesome aspects of it. I've learned so much. Hey, I've done my job. It's, from my perspective, it's not just all about high-ticket programs. I want to leave a legacy, and I love this tool, and I want to share with everybody. So there's two things to it, right? Yeah, I think I think you're doing a great job. What do you think about the community of coaches in the kettlebell space growing as well? Because on one hand, you're introducing more people to this this awesome tool. Yeah. On the other hand, they're probably putting out, you know, less than ideal programming, you know, crap. Um, so what do you and commentary as well that they're putting out? Yes, yes. What, yes. Do you, what do you think about? Do you think it's a net positive or a net negative? I look at it from my perspective. When I started, I was putting out crap content. I was on the I content. Go back and check your original. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Check my original stuff. The, the the stuff with only a couple of hundred views or a couple maybe hundred it's views or something. Necessary to put out the crap though to like. You like, gotta get you gotta get used to it. So, here's the thing. I I it's a great question and a, a great a topic. Yes, it it leads to a problem if you are advocating a exercise or tool and you are not knowledgeable with it okay and and you do anything and you are very confident you look good and now everybody takes this as face value okay 
okay, that, that is a problem. But at the same time, you have to, you have to start somewhere and hey, putting out content might make sense for your business or for your coaching game. So you put out that stuff and then maybe a couple of years down the line, you grow, you mature, you realize, hey man, I, I gotta talk to somebody who actually knows his or her stuff. So, right? Because if, if I would say, well, that's a really bad thing, then I should crucify myself first. Because when I put out content, because I thought I wasn't, I love uh, Emilio Joubert, he's a very cool guy. I think he, he is the lead editor on, on, a, on, a, on the Kettlebell Reddit forum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Emilio, a very cool guy. I'm going to have him on the podcast again at the end of the oh, year. Oh, Emilio is, oh, sorry, you, with, with your a wonderful accent. I didn't know who you were talking about. I know. Yeah, em Emilio, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> Emilio, yeah. <laughs> very cool guy, very cool guy. And um, we had this discussion. And it's, when I put out, yeah, he uh, lost my train of thought. Now I recaptured it. He said, sometimes you're on the content mill. And then you just put out whatever you want to put out, right? Or you, you have, you've scheduled something. Okay, I got to do a video. Let's do it. And I was like this in 26, 2016. And one of those videos led to me going down that path of kettlebells. And it took off. And, and that's the one German video where I think I was just using, you know, that's not something that you can do wrong. A deadlift and just a press and a squat with two hands. I mean, that's nothing that I don't think you can do it wrong with a kettlebell if you have a solid background in fitness. So that video took off. And so I imagine if I was that guy barring myself from putting out content because I'm not the expert yet, but on the other, uh, on the other hand, I know there's a problem, yeah. right? Because people put I out mean, content where you, yeah, where you yeah, ask us. Because it really does incentivize putting out a lot of content, the, the, the platforms. And so, you know, as consumers, you know, the consumers listening to this, just be aware that if it's out there, it's not necessarily good. Um, but hopefully, you know, I, I think people are responsible enough to, to realize uh, what works and what doesn't. So, and even, online. you know, and, and the more you, it, it, we had people on the channel who said, hey, I've reacted to some of these videos, some of the some of these old DVDs. Yeah, I remember. Right? <laughs> you still put those videos out there. I, I always loved watching the reaction videos. Yeah, they're still up there, but I've stopped doing them because I actually, I've big because it was funny and yeah, yeah. The, the one the one video took off, but I then it was like I'm I'm not that type of guy. I, yeah. Sometimes I do reactions because hey, people sending me stuff, then I'm like, oh, that's that's a cool uh, thing to react to. And it always pulls a little bit more views, but I'm more like the technical guy. I just love kettlebells. I love exercise. I love training with love workouts. That's the main focus. They got but, the views. The yeah, but it blows up the views. Of course, if I say something about Pavel, <laughs> it takes up. Yeah, people get rah, 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 you always talk about Pavel. Rah, rah. And I'm saying, bro, that's video number 1300. And you didn't see the 1295 where I didn't talk about Pavel, right? <laughs> but that's, that's just part of the game. But when I reacted to these videos, people commented. They were like, hey, this guy or this gal that you're commenting on, they got me into kettlebells. And now I found you. Awesome. Right? Yeah. So, well, I yeah. do like that you're respectful too when you are, when you, you know, when I, when I saw those reactions, you're always respectful. You always, you always had at the beginning, you're like, listen, I'm not here to attack them as a person. I'm just yeah. here to comment on their, their movements. And again, yeah. that lends itself to the truth that you're seeking. And uh, YouTube is a really great platform for that. Instagram less mm -hmm. so. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but but so I'm 
I think to answer my own question, I, I think it's a net positive, um, and and time will filter mm. out the bad mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and allow the good mm -hmm. to the, the cream, right? It'll the cream will always rise up. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I and I and I think with the kettlebell too. By the way, do you know what Lindy is? The Lindy. The Lindy phenomenon. Yes. It's it's basically Lindy is uh it's it's named after a cafe in New York. It's it's just, it oh was, Lindy L L I N D E. Uh, L I N D Y. It's ah yeah. The Lindy effect. The Lindy effect. Popularized uh -huh. by Nicholas Nassim Taleb. Oh it's, ah. It's bas it's basically yeah. a concept that says Lindy the effect. longer the longer something has been around an idea like a, a non tangible thing, the longer something has been around, the more likely it will be around in the future, right? And so I think, you know, so gold is an example of that. Gold as a, um, as a, uh, what's it called? As money, right? Uh -huh. um, like the fact that gold has been around forever as a concept uh -huh. of money means that it will probably be around for even longer in the future. So like the new, there's a, a risk in adapting something that's so new because it, it hasn't been tested through time. Yes. And oh, that's a good point. New concept, yeah. time yeah. test. Thing. Exactly. Uh, that's what it is, man. They last. You know, the kettlebell has been around for forever, but the way in which we use it is still new. It's novel. Yeah. So I'm just happy to be in this moment in history. Yeah. That you know, maybe too many people don't necessarily care about, but I'm happy to be a part of it. Me where too. We figuring out exactly works and time will tell. Yes. Will last and what won't. Um, yes. Yes. One hundred percent agree. It's it's and uh, imagine imagine. The modern renaissance, as I'd like to call it, from Pavel, is 20 years ago. That's nothing. Yeah. And, right. and the first kettlebell, comp kettlebell sport competitions were held in 1968. That's also nothing. Yeah. Thanks. And, I didn't realize that. That's, that. That sounds like a long time to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But Historically, but, it's like nothing. Yes, historically, it's nothing. I mean, the barbell has been around like, what, in the end of the 17th century or 18th century? When, when you look at the history, right, you go down that rabbit hole. It's the, the halteres, where the, the, the original conception of a dumbbell was called halteres. What, what in, language? Halteres, that's uh, Greek. So the ancient Greeks used halteres to train their bodies. And it's like, it's, it's these two stones where you clearly see it was made to be, to be grabbed by a hand. So you see the, the, the carve, right? Boom, that's why you grab it. And, right. and look at the stone locks from the Chinese, right? Where they throw out the stones. It's also to be made and grab, they, they grab it like this and it's weight. So it goes back e centuries, right? Mm -hmm. So human beings understood very early that we need weight to train the body let's let's put it like this but then even with the kettlebell it was a market weight and then with the european strongman that's not that long ago because right. i think dr krajewski and ivan lebedev ivan lebedev was a very pivotal figure in creating these exercises at least from the recorded evidence that we have a recorded doc documentation with clean and jerk and, and press and he was called uncle vanya but his real name was ivan lebedev and Dr. Krajewski was the right hand of the Tsar back in, was 1905 or 1902 or something. And even the Germans, Theodor Siebert, 
and the 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 good Johan Gutsmuts and these the, they call them the fathers of athletics. That's like 1890, 1880. So let's say a hundred years. So of course it's still novel, but the kettlebell is now in its modern inception is 20 years, right? Right? It's, it's it, nothing, man. Um, I would yeah, I would like to just add there is sort of an inverse relationship between how simplistic the manufacturing of a product is and the benefits that you can get from it. You see like a, a simple stone, it arrives in nature, zero manufacturing, but if you pick it up and wield it, it can offer so many benefits. Same with like a sandbag, zero, like it's just a bag with some sand in it, right? It takes it. And so a kettlebell is an iteration of that, you know, more manufacturing because you have to get the, the shape, you know, correct, but really it's just a ball with a handle. And it offers so many benefits. Barbell, it's just a straight bar. You put some weights on the end, same with a dumbbell. And that's, you know, you... but with certain machines like a leg press or like a cable machine, it requires so much human engineering. The benefits you get from it are more, you know, there's, there's less benefit. The more engineering you get, the fewer benefits you get. In terms of like functional, like, mm, like holistic. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think that lends itself to the idea of, because it offers so many benefits with such a minimal, um, you know, beginning, like starting point, it will be around for a long time. The tool, at least. The way in which we train, I think, will also, it has to also correlate with that idea in terms of its simplicity and its maximal benefit. Ah, I mean, the, the specifics, in my opinion, are more for the, the people at the top who really need to optimize. But in order for something to be popular, it has to be simple enough for the people, general audience, for, for them to want to consume it and to be able to do it properly. Because they have other stuff to worry about. They have family, they have a job, they have hobbies. They need to get the basics. And the basic that's why the basics to me are so important. Mm -hmm. Because um, they're accessible to a lot of people. And if they can learn them, they can do them in so many ways throughout, you know, throughout their lives. And as you said, as long as you learn the basics at, at the beginning of this conversation, um, you're talking about clean and jerks, right? Being, you know, at first it's for, for a lot of people, it's like a really difficult exercise. Then over time, you know, using 224s is, is cardio, you know, um, but really it's because they learned the basics down pat. And they figured exactly, it out. man. Um, yeah. It's down to the technique. And even when you talk to kettlebell sport guys and kettlebell sport coaches, you know what they say? I, I, I was like, that's not true. I can't believe it. But the more you think about it and when you learn about the idea of training and how to go about it in technique, they say kettlebell sport is 80% technique and 20% fitness, something like this. And I'm like, come on, man. You can't. Doing a jerk long cycle with double 32s or even double 24s, double 28 requires a crazy amount of fitness. But the pros tell you, especially Gregor Sobachan, he's a huge proponent of this idea. And even Nikolai, uh, I forgot his last name, the, the originator of the pro kettlebell, he says the same thing. He says, once you understand technique, it's all about building the endurance. Yeah, and, but, and people can only build the technique if they do it long enough. And they'll only yes. do it long enough if it's enjoyable or simplistic enough for them to care about doing it. If yes. something's overly complicated, they're not going to do, you know, reps after reps for like years upon years, you know. That's so. why that's why the, the kettlebell sport exercises per se 
are too complex to learn. And that's why I think Pavel did a great job by simplifying the idea of just doing some presses, squats, yeah. some swings. It, it, it's, and we see this as well. I would, I would say the same thing about the jerk that Dimitri Klokov said about the snatch. You don't have to ever learn a jerk. It's a very technical exercise to move as much weight as possible, as quick as possible for reps most of the time. If you master it, I think it's one of the coolest feelings because it's such a skill-based exercise. But you'd rather do some presses. You're better off, right? For yeah. most people. Right, so start, yeah, start simple. Over time, evolve if you want and if you can. And I think that's a recipe for success for, for most people. Yes. And you mentioned the basics, right? It's the basics, just, just like I'm learning now in marketing, they have basics too. They have KPIs, these metrics that you want to hit. They have the basic vehicles on how to master these conversions and, and leads and, and all that stuff. Once you see it from that perspective, you understand it's, ah, these are basics. It used to be very foreign to me because I didn't know them, right? Just like a person who, never, who has never seen somebody do a swing or they see a swing, they're like, wow, that what? That looks like a very crazy special exercise. Well, it's actually simple, right? It's a deadlift with momentum. Works your posterior train, it's awesome. Great. I, and I, uh, yeah, sorry. And just the same realization I had when I got into this marketing thing were things that used to be very foreign to me now become basics because I now understand the the whole the, the cogs, the wheels that are running behind it. I see, ah, now I see how these guys do it. And funny thing is I was in a call, it was last week, where I was like, yeah, I finally understand the basics to a certain extent. And here comes this one guy talking about things I have never heard of. I'm like, wow. So I'm still I'm still at the at the bottom of the mountain. But, but the way this guy was talking, for him it was the basics, right? Because he was applying these principles that worked throughout his, his whole marketing system. And I love what Sabri says, just, and we had a lot of coaches tuning in. One thing that he always says, which I love, is he says, don't focus too much on, on the vehicle, like Facebook ads or Google ads, YouTube ads. They are important, but they change all the time. What you have to focus on is human psychology, on how it works, because this doesn't change. And once you understand it, you will always be able to sell. There Very are, powerful. Yeah, no, I no, I agree. That's that's really. I'm learning a lot from this podcast. I feel like I'm listening to it, not even. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there there are parallels in every field or facet in life that I think it, it's so important to. As creators and clients, consumers, to to have a variety of skills and, and interests, curiosities, you know, just as there are these simplistic, not simplistic, but simple, basic, fundamental rules in, in marketing that you're talking about as you're going through this, this course. So there, similarly in fitness, you have those same fundamentals, and it and and it occurs in all these other aspects of, of life. And I think that, you know, as, as we get older and we see patterns, we realize, you know, what matters, what, what, what you focus on first. And then from there, if you really want to improve and optimize, then you can start focusing on the, on the wonky, crazier stuff. But as long as you get the, the system down for the basics and these, these rules that apply across 
different facets of life, you know, then, then you can start exploring. Um, so, so I, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, but it, it is true. Concepts. The p parallels exist. They, these parallels, it's whatever you, whenever you see that the basics work most of the time, it's probably in any other field, maybe in cooking, in sports, in 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 makeup in i don't know what right or in in putting out content on, on youtube it's you i sometimes get entangled into this idea of when to post how many times to post just recently one short took off it really took off out of nowhere it was the same stuff that we always do well i have a hunch on why it took off but that's uh, not relevant so it took off so I was I like, okay. Okay. After you after you go through this, tell me what you think. Okay, I'll, I'll share with you. So it took off, and then I was like, okay, let's put out some more reels, and it seems like the algo picked it up as well, and then all of a sudden the algo decided to drop it. But then I also realized I'm spending way too much time on creating content on my YouTube channel instead of focusing my time on this how Sabri calls them, these high value activities that move the needle in my business. So I started, you know, I, I went back, that, uh, thank God for this course, I went back and realized once a week YouTube is enough, once a week Instagram is enough, just to keep the social media game up, just to feed the algorithm that we still exist, and then once a week I can even think about more what I want to put out, but maybe focus my energy more on newsletters, writing copy, writing ads, working with our people, improving our coaching, improving our training methodology, way more important than trying to put out content every day. Yeah, and that's where the intent lesson, the intent pattern comes into play too, because you really yes. think, you know, you want to put out quality over quantity. Yes, even though, even though I have to say, even though I have to say, yeah. for us, quantity works very well. It's sometimes... Are you talking about for Lev Start? For yes, yes, and for our YouTube channel, because okay. sometimes I put in a lot of effort into one video, gets a couple of thousand views, and then just as a reel that we do on the side takes off. Yeah. So by the way, what what did you think that was? I was Angie. She was wearing she was wearing a a a, a top. Uh, she had no bra on, and okay. we didn't even focus on this. I was like, let's do the reel. Then and then you see, the and you see her, you see her female, her beautiful female features. You see them a little bit, and it took off like crazy. And I get all these comments; they're all thirsty. All these thirsty guys in the comments, like, oh, right. So I'm like, okay, right. So that's the reason why it took off. And but then sometimes, for example, this one CrossFit video that I did on, on Instagram took off immediately, blew up like crazy, where everybody was, the, the whole CrossFit. I felt like the whole CrossFit community was was uh merging on my is comment this, section is this when you were talking about the crossfit games and how their form is just like trash yes exactly yes yes everybody i love, was like, I, I love Cres that. The, yeah the crossfit guys were really mad and this took off but then on TikTok, we posted uh dan john's armor building complex took off like crazy the next day we post a similar video doesn't take off at all. 
Yeah, sometimes the, the algorithm likes to test content too. Yeah. And funny thing is, you're mentioning algorithm. You know what the YouTube guys say? They say, well, you have to replace algorithm with audience. And I'm, and I'm saying nah, man, because our audience loves kettlebells. And they love the kettlebell content that we put out. So I put out kettlebell content in a similar fashion all the time. But some stuff takes off, others, others doesn't. Other stone. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just like be authentic, put out quality stuff. Exactly. Basics. Like, make sure basics. Make sure the intent is there. You're and try to help it. people. Try to help people. Try to build your following. Try to build your channel. Do it and don't care. Yeah. And, right. Uh, that's basics. That's base. That's how. That's how you should operate as a creator. You have a great idea. You put it in perspective. You edit. You film. You upload it. Great thumbnail. Adios. Cheers. Ciao. It's good. Over time. Lindy will prove it. It'll say this is what the, this is what people I love care about. Lindy will prove it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <So. laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering, man, how, how do you train when, when you put out the, the, the reels, right? Um, does your regular training that you do, does it mirror what you're doing on Instagram? Or do you think, hey, let's do this, this section for IG, but my training is a little bit different. I, I don't put anything out there that I don't personally do. Mm. I used to get into this trap for like a few months huh. where I would get, I would do um, like a lot of the juggling. Like I realized uh, that I yeah. only did juggling so that I could record myself doing juggling because I, I wouldn't necessarily want, like I, I did practice it a lot without like, you know, without the camera. But I realized I was like, the only reason I'm doing that is so I can get good for the camera. And then I'm like, I can't do that. I need to, whatever I put out there, I have to be doing it because I would do it regardless of whether I'm posting it or not. And so that's how I think about it now. So everything I do post, I own, right. Yeah. Back to authenticity. I'm only going to post it if I personally do it. And um, there are certain movements that I do that I don't post though. Like the inverse of that. Like there are things I do that I don't For post. For example? Everything I do post, I do. Uh -huh. like, um, like a farmer's hold. It's just such a boring movement. I'm literally just standing there with two kettlebells. I'm just holding it for like two minutes or three minutes. So yeah. I'm not going to, you know, I, I've, I have videos of me doing holds uh -huh. that I post on my training platform so that people can reference them. Mm -hmm. But like, like that, like that plus like a couple of the movements, it's just like, it's too boring and too minimalist. It's literally just like a photo of me. Yeah. But it's a, you know, yeah, I I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not actually going to post that but everything that i do post is what i actually do um and I, I you know i'm aware of accounts where it's not like that and i view that more as entertainment and it's like you know look at what you can do with this thing it's it's unique it looks cool but i just made a pact with myself to not to not do that to not go down mm. that path. i i was like if i'm consuming this for i have another rule which is only produce what you would consume Mm -hmm. so i don't want to make anything that i would not want to watch so mm. um mm -hmm. so yeah 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 I, I love how uh you're saying this that everything that you do in your own training is what you share it's not that you jump into some hype and then even though you fell in that trap because i was there a little bit too with the juggling thing when, when the kind of juggling craze took a little bit off where it took forms and I'm like, wow, this is, this is insane. But I've realized and I've felt and from my understanding of just basic human anatomy and training, 
it doesn't really serve value. It's squats. If it's fun though, then it can serve. You know, it can serve fun. Like, like yes, yes, benefits, yes. To mix up, mix, mix up your training routine, and most definitely. But let's say like for ninety nine percent of people who are outside our Instagram kettlebell bubble, presses, walks, squats, swings, you're good. But I, so, yeah, and and I would like to say the juggling is like what got me really into bells at first. Oh, cool. Uh, Jared Cardona, Crazy Trainer, Colin Daring, Daring 101. Yeah. Um, and uh, a few other folks. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. This is so cool. And yeah. So that's that's what initially like got me really excited about the kettlebell. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I obviously I did away from that. So I did mm -hmm. that last. That and I like, and I think the guys that you mentioned, I both had them on a podcast, Gerard and. They're and awesome. I love daring. They're awesome. They're, they're, they're cool. They're very cool. I think, and they're authentic the way they do it. It's just from a pure analytical standpoint. That's maybe all the culture that I come from. If I analyze it, it's like, hey, squats, press, swing, serve you more value. Yes, it's fun. But just because it's always fun doesn't mean it's going to give you these results that you're looking for. Those, those guys, by the way, they're crazy strong, hmm. super fit. And look at what Daring does. Look at what Daring does. Pull-ups, snatches, heavy weights, burpees, deadlifts. The guy does that. And I told him this. I said, you know what I love about you, Daring? You, we see that you're doing the regular stuff. So he's, he's the epitome of doing the regular stuff and then venturing out on your own. And he has the, he has the expertise, the knowledge, and, and the... And, and the authenticity to do the stuff that he does because it looks when he does it it's like man it's like soul you, you you see it and then he adds he adds some hip-hop to it with the, with the beats i'm like man that's just that's you yeah looks completely different than what the russians do it's also the cultural difference right yeah that's... right and from from the russians it wouldn't even be sanctioned right there's a that's not juggling yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really? not juggling. They, yeah, have, yeah. Have you heard? Just out of curiosity, have you heard that commentary? From yes, them? of course, of course, of oh, course. Yeah. Because so, in juggling, you have just like just like in uh, figure skating, you have forms, right? And if you don't do them, it doesn't count, right? So it's it's like um, it's like classical music versus jazz, right? You're using the yes. same instrument, but you're you're doing yeah. Oh, well, that's a good that's a good that's a good comparison. Yes, it is. Um, but yeah, no, be, I mean, I respect, I respect the juggling community for me though. I have so many hours in the day and I, and because I you know I'm not internalizing, you know, I, I, I'm internally just thinking about, you know, why am I doing this right intent? And I, you know, I realize that I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't bring me fulfillment unless I record it. Therefore I probably shouldn't do it. So, oh, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, those just, just want to reiterate though, that I, I love and respect those guys. It's just not. And they are, I mean, they're experts at it. So they are, they are really at the top. So what they like, do I, is. I wanna, can I give a juggler, I want to give him a shout out. Um, yeah, of Sean. course, too. Um, he's, I'm surprised he doesn't have more uh, Sean Pierce. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He is, uh, he's so skilled. And you're talking about like different styles. He's got a style of his own. It's, it's like, he moves like water. So I, if people are interested in juggling, look him up, Sean Pierce. Mm -hmm. he, he's, he reminds me a lot of the Flowing Dutchman with the mace. Yeah, yeah. I just followed that guy. Though. Very smooth. It's when, when, when Habelt, I also have it on a podcast. It's a very cool guy. Oh, yeah? Of the Flowing Dutchman, yeah. The way he moves with the mace, it looks like, it, it looks like this thing is glued to his hands. It, it, it looks like the mace is one kilo, and he's just, it's incredible. But again, but again. Yeah, yeah? sorry. 
you, you can't tell when, when you're new, you can't really tell competency with some of these tools, but you know, someone in, in like in our position where we've been doing it for a while, you can tell how much experience someone has by yes. looking at it. Like yes. Five steps, yes. You know? it's, it's, and so it's, when you see something impressive, you, you know, or, or when you see someone moving so smoothly, you're just like, that is crazy good. Looks, it, yeah. It, and, and, and I, how about shared this with me? He shared you. I just like the flow of it. I get into the flow, he, he, he listens to some music, and then he goes into it, which is a very, I would say, a very artistic way of expression and training that he makes. Like you mentioned before, maybe, I don't know if he has it, I didn't ask him, but I think it's an artistic expression of, of movement. And while I love it, and while I love the way he does it, I purchased his course, went through it with the basics which is really awesome i got a plug at uh, the flowing dutchman here if you're looking for for a great course to learn the mace check out his stuff the flowing dutchman i think the flowing academy or something like this and i've learned mastered the basics and i'm fine with them he does a lot of stepping and turning and i don't like that not 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 that i i know it requires skill to do it but i don't i don't move like this i just realized i love working with the mace i work my way up to a 16 kilo which is I tried a 20 and almost broke my spine. <laughs> Always tripped and fell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have a video? I, I haven't seen any mace videos with you. Yeah, because because I'm not a master at it. Right. right? Yeah. So and I and I, then people comment on the channel like you got to do more mace stuff and I'm no because I'm like, not I'm the not mace guy. guy. I'm not niece. the mace guy. I just like yeah. it. Yeah. But you got to give us some ideas. No, I'm not the expert on that. Go talk to see for every for every tool you have an expert. And just because you like me doesn't mean that the stuff that I provide with a tool that I'm not very knowledgeable with, that this is good stuff that you should acquire too, or that you, that you should learn too, just because you like me, right? But that's YouTube. And that's why sometimes I, I think that requires some maturity to understand, where you sometimes see people talking about all kinds of stuff, where I'm saying, man, you're, you're the expert of everything. It's impossible. But because your crowd loves you, they take it at face value. And I, I think you, you should be sorry. mature enough to say, hey, listen, I think my expertise is right here. And while I like this tool, I'm not a pro on that side. Yeah. Or, sure. maybe, or maybe I'm a pro with moving it because I learned it, but I'm not into teaching it. And I don't know how, how you should go about it, right? I, ironically, this is the reverse of, what, of how you started with kettlebells. But it shows maturity. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It, 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 shows, it shows growth, though, and maturity. Good point, exactly. You're focused and you're, you know, you're, you're niche. You're part yes. of the community too, so you can tell, you know, hey, go, go to this person, this specific person. But I have to, in defense, I have to say that the video that took off was this easy video that everybody can do. Right. Yeah. yeah Deadlift, right. hinge, nothing fancy. The fan, thank God, the fancy stuff didn't take off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I have some fancy videos where I'm like, oh my god, so and I even much, reacted much, to them. How much mace do you incorporate in your training? currently always for warm-up warm yeah so i started literally i had my fourth day of mace training yesterday cool and i'm just like i don't even know what the movements are called i'm just swinging it around whatever the heck that over the head thing is mm -hmm. called mm -hmm. it was swing <laughs> swing yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh i love the way it feels it like opens up the shoulder yeah it activates yeah activates the core too. What, what what's the weight you're using uh it was like 15 pounds i think I'd say I, it, 8k Six K. They're, they're in pounds. Yeah. So yeah, just fifteen pounds. Yeah. Like 
Uh, yeah, it's a great way to start. But, and, and you're a strong guy, so of course you can handle it. But the funny thing is, even if you master the mace to a certain extent with the movement, when you pick up a heavy mace, it's like, OMG. It's, and I, I, I've texted Hobbit. I, I, I told him, I was like, man, I tried a 20 kg and almost died. And he said, bro, you got to work yourself up, man. I said, yeah, well, you're I right. I started with a seven pound before doing the 15. Ah, okay, so just, okay. Just, so just you for already people to know, I didn't just start with a 15. Uh, uh -huh. Dave, literally yesterday was the first time I tried the 15 pounder. Uh -huh. like, so like the, the 20 kg that I tried, that's a 40 pound then. Yeah, in, that's. In, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I love, and then the next, I, a couple of days later, he posted a video where he's using the 20 kg mace yeah, with, was... with fluidity like crazy. And I, and I texted, I, I commented, I was like, bro, man, that's 20 kg, you're a monster. And he, and he replied, he's like, only those who know, know. I was like, yeah, you know, most definitely. They don't appreciate it. Like most people can't appreciate it. Um, if, if the person, you know, I, he's, he's a fit guy, don't get me wrong, but he's not like bodybuilder-esque. So most people who have never touched a mace don't know what that entails. Yes. So unfortunately, yes, not same as, with but same with kettlebells, right? With kettlebells. Same. Yeah. Especially same. with, especially with uh, some of the comp bells too. Like a forty-eight comp bell, it looks the same as like a twelve kg. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people aren't gonna know the difference in weight. So anyway, it's all all these things that you think about when you're when you're posting and you're watching people. It's just. You're so inundated. I, most people don't even think about this stuff, but I'm sure you and I were on the same track whenever. We yes, most definitely. We're in, we're in that little bubble, so of course we're on it. I mean, it's just beautiful when you see a master at work. Doesn't matter what it is, right? right? When you see yeah, an expert, true. right? I just I, I can't remember a video that I saw. I think it was it was a locksmith, uh, a lock picker. There's a YouTube channel. This guy has three million view, uh, three million subscribers, and he's Pick picking. Lock? Yeah, he picks locks. And he's called the Lockpick Lawyer Club, uh, something like this. LPL, yes, Lockpick Lawyer. So <laughs> there's this one video. Man, I, I got to tell, tell that story. It's so awesome. And then I have a couple of questions about training, man. But okay. there's a cool, cool video where he gets a letter from a subscriber. And in that letter is a huge lock. And the subscriber says, Dear Locksmith Lawyer, the locksmith that I called to open up that lock, he had to do it with a saw, right? Because he couldn't pick it. And he said, and the subscriber said, I've talked to the locksmith and I told him probably the locksmith lawyer on YouTube, he could do it. And then the locksmith replied, that's impossible. I hate that guy. He's lying. Blah, 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 blah. Right? So, <laughs> so the subscriber sends him that lock and the locksmith lawyer says, okay, so now it's, I'm, he's testing me. So I have to prove on camera if I can pick that lock. And he picks it in 30 seconds. <laughs> like, tuck, 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 boom. And oh, so? And he has, a very, he has a very calm voice. I think he, he doesn't have an English accent, but very eloquent the way he speaks. And uh, it, it's awesome to watch. Picks it in 20 seconds. And that's when you see an expert at work. It's just awesome to see if somebody has honed their skill in the craft that they're using yeah. on a daily basis. And the, the fact that he was able to make that so interesting is, is, is interesting to me. Yeah. It, what it, it's like you're just describing what the video is, and I'm enthralled as I'm listening to you, but when you're thinking about it, it's like he literally made a video of him picking a lock, and he somehow made that interesting. Yes. And, and like with kettlebell videos too, it's like, how can I make this snatch interesting? Not just this one time, 
but like over the course of many videos, how can I continue to make this, these few movements as interesting as possible so that people will get into it and care about the kettlebell. And it's, it's, it's a new art form that I think really only existed, you know, post YouTube. Um, because, you know, prior to that, all of, all of our, the media was made for, it was hours long. It was made for entertainment, but these short bursts of like watching these experts and, and the fact that they can make it interesting, um, is, is a unique skill set. And it's also very addicting. Yeah. That's, that's what you, I think you've posted. Yeah, sorry. You've posted something about Twitter recently, right? Where you said you went on it and you got like, uh, it, it really, uh, it balked you down. You said something like uh, you went on Twitter and then. So, I've, yeah. I've been on Twitter for years. Yes. Yes. People I've heard of, like, you know, I, I, one, I don't need more. I don't need to consume mm. more internet than I yeah. already do. <laughs> Amen two, to this, man. I don't need the drama because I know that Twitter is just like, have you, speaking of the internet, have you seen that meme of, uh, it's, it's an old meme of like, it's like four pictures. One is like fa like Facebook and it's like a guy with like on the beach with his family, he's smiling. And then Instagram is like always next to this nice car. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then, you know, sure enough, Twitter is him like drunk at a party, like passed out. Like Twitter is just a cesspool. Cesspool, yes that I don't want to get involved in. Yes. But recently, I, now I remember you said your mental health took a deep dive. That's what you said. On X or yes. Twitter? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did. And, but I was expecting it too. So maybe that probably was self-reinforcing. Uh -huh. But I, I asked I asked people, I asked the followers, I was like, who should I follow on X? And like half of the responses were just like, don't go on X. Like, delete it now. This is terrible. Uh, <laughs> But, X, you know, yes, I'm, X, I'm so using strange. it as a, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm experimenting now, getting some information from there. But, but I, as a consumer, I'm trying to hack the algorithm and just get some healthy, like have a healthy feed, you know. Um, but it's not really fitness related on on Twitter or mm. X, mm. you know. I don't because mm -hmm. I consume so much fitness content on Instagram and on YouTube that, you know, I don't need to have it inundating my life in all aspects. I'm a more f fully formed person than just fitness content. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. But it's, <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's you. When you dedicate yourself to a specific craft, I think you are doing yourself or not. You are doing your audience a disservice if you spread yourself too thin. Or you're yeah. like, yeah, and then I share this. I talk about this. I talk about this, and then everybody's like, hey, bro, where, where are we? Right? Yeah, they followed you for a reason. It's like Eric does kettlebell, so why are you talking about politics now? Someone exactly. messaged me because you know I'm Jewish, and they're like, "Hey, like you know, October seventh, like how do you feel about mm. like this mm. uh, Israeli Palestine?" And I'm like, "I'm not here to talk about that." You know, mm. like I, I obviously I have opinions, but I'm not going to talk about them because what good is that going to do for bringing attention to the kettlebell? You know, and getting people mm. like it's irrelevant. But you know. I don't know. People are people are interested to know certain things and takes. I I think that takes. How can I say this? It takes just from a let's put it like this from a creator's standpoint. It takes wisdom to be able to shut your mouth, even though you want to say something. Yeah. Right. So it's in your fingers or maybe on your lips, but you know that the channel that you've created. 
you fostered a completely different audience from all walks of life, right? So yeah. while you have your opinions just like I have mine, and while you have your politics just like I have mine, you have your, the focus is completely different. So it, maybe in a podcast form, it's just like this. If I would ask you, hey, what do you think about it? You could share it or you wouldn't, doesn't matter. But in that format, it would be, okay, now, well, the guy asked the question and he answered, right? So he replied. But it wasn't that you wanted to talk about it in the first place. So as soon as we get started, hey, we got to cover this. So, and that's with any other situation that happened online. For example, back in COVID, when this thing took off in, in, in 2020, you had our, the, 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 fitness, the fitness branch that we're in. They were all talking about trying to sue the state, the government of Switzerland. Wait. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a class action lawsuit. If, if, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Ciao. I'll So they got together and they wasted all this energy and they wanted to get me involved as well. And I said, I'm not buying this, man. Mm. First of all, first of all, try to go against the government. Okay. If you really have a case that is morally right, I, I, you can have a discussion about that. But I said, my focus, first of all, is using the energy that I have to survive the pandemic. Yeah. And while I have strong opinions about how the government treated us during that period, I didn't share it online. Because I, I felt the same like you. I'm like, hey, that's not what I'm here for. Yeah, I mean, same thing with the mace, too. Like, that's adjacent. That's kettlebell adjacent. Uh you could put stuff out there but because you have defined yourself and your your niche so well you're not willing to veer from that and i you know i, I think yes. we share that same mindset um i i've put a couple sandbags things you know content out there but you know yeah which is fine I, yeah i'm totally fine sandbag. but you want to stick i'm not even teaching someone saying i'm just saying hey this is what it it's again, cool i'm mm. showing you what i'm doing for my workouts yes i did this workout enjoy yes <laughs> exactly exactly and, and we can always because there's one there's this one creator he has a very strong stance about what happened in in israel palestine thing and you always see on youtube this blows up like crazy and i'm always like i i i get this que this question pops up in my head so many times when you look listen to these commentators sometimes i ask myself guys did you really study the history of all these countries because on every political issue, you have folks who have such a strong stance that sometimes I think, guys, do you know, do you know all the nooks and crannies, all these crazy, because it's such, as we all know, politics is even bigger, right? There's so many factors, but sometimes I feel like people are so quick to jolt out their opinion with so much confidence. Then sometimes I'm like, wow, did you study this? Did you study this topic? Same with fitness right yeah, i yeah. love i love barbells i've trained with them forever i love machines but i'm not putting myself out there giving you the perfect barbell training system to build max strength because that's not my forte right yeah. so sometimes it's just maybe i don't know what it is but people should understand to focus on their niche and while you can have an opinion I think it's always a good thing if you're not an expert on it to, 
to, to say it like this. I think I got this from a book where you can say your opinion, but you always want to qualify on how knowledgeable you are about the subject. For example, I think, I don't know what it was, but recently I've shared something where I said, hey, my opinion is X, but I also have to mention that I'm not very knowledgeable on this subject. Yeah, nuance is not as attractive oh, for yeah, the yeah, algorithm yeah. as- Oh, most definitely. Superlatives. <laughs> oh, and so you do right. see that in fitness a lot too. You're right. Um, and, you know, as over time, the cream of the crop rises to the top, the similarly, the crazy stuff, the most like outlandish shit rises to the top at the, at the beginning. Um, and so, but I, I think, you know, the internet's been around for a while. People are wising up to that. And I think, you know, but as creators, it is a mistake to put stuff out there that isn't, um, you know, within your niche, at least, even if you're not an expert at it, like, and it always comes back to like this balance where, you know, yes, yes. so yes. there, but, um, it's like, if, if you are going to post about it, you have to ask yourself, well, I want to venture into this full time. Hmm. I'm not a political commentator, so I'm not mm -hmm. going to talk about politics. Like mm -hmm. I could post about, you know, other fitness stuff because maybe that will be attractive. But right now, Eric does kettlebell. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Eric in your name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you keep it that way. I, th I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a wise choice or a wise move to not get inundated and move into areas where you might have a strong opinion, but you want to keep it to yourself. And even if you share it, right? Maybe keep, keep that in the back of your mind that you have followers from all around the world. And while I don't think you have to be like this, this, this uh, flag in the wind that always goes into any area that the wind goes, you can have a strong stance, but still keep in mind that not everybody's going to like you for this, which is, well, that's one thing, but you can also word it differently. And that's when I sometimes when I see somebody issue a statement where I think, hey, that's that's very thought out mm -hmm. uh, and involves a lot of nuance because on certain topics there is just nuance unless you want to go right to that route where you just want to stick out and, and yeah. just go balls to the walls with drama, okay? And then there's other creators where I'm like, bruh, you, you're overdoing this, man. You're, it's, like, it's like you're digging yourself a hole. Yeah. Um, switching it to kettlebells within this topic though. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've seen these like modified manufactured versions of kettlebells. Um, I don't want to, I don't know any names, but if I did, I probably wouldn't want to bring them up just because I know that a lot of people have invested time and money into manufacturing these new versions of this old tool. Do you know what I'm referring to? Have you seen some of these like newer kettlebells at all? The, the one with the hole inside? That's one it looks like a headphone. Yeah, that's one of them. Like I've a Squat lot of universities, people... right? That's his, or he designed it with somebody. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, but I also saw I also saw an idea even earlier of this headphone kettlebell. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. Forward. But yeah, everyone, I still get sent that like an ad whenever someone sees it. They send. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I mean, there's another one where it's like a disc. It's an adjustable kettlebell where they have like a disc in the middle, then you can put like smaller and smaller ones on the side. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I. Even though that's kettlebell, you know, it's obviously kettlebell related because they're, they're versions of kettlebells. Yes. I guess. I don't want to bring unnecessary drama by talking to them. 
by talking about them rather. Um, but then I'm like, well, you know, it could be beneficial, you know, if people are interested in this and they want to know why maybe I don't use those tools, um, that could, that could be educational, but I'm always thinking about the entrepreneur who invested time and money into creating these things. And I don't want to just destroy a business because of my, my microphone and my opinions. What do you, what do you feel about that? Do you have, do you have opinions on that sort of stuff? Hmm. Well, first of all, I don't think you can destroy a business just because you say something. It's, it's most of the time you just add, most of the time you just add a, an opinion to, to, to the discussion that is already existent maybe, or I always say, I always say this, I, I love the way you look at it, but I, I've switched my stance completely on this. I think yeah, you, you're ready to involve yourself in some drama if you're just yes, yes, yes. Yeah. seeking truth, right? That's the intent. Okay, let, it's it's a couple. I think there's a couple of questions involved in that one question. So when it comes to the drama stuff, right? Here's the thing. There's this one YouTuber. His name is uh, um, Steiner. Not not Steiner. Um, German. Yeah, German. But I forgot the name. Uh, he he's a Lego channel. Legos? Brex, yes, with Legos. Okay. <laughs> and um and and Herder Steiner? Yes, I'm not 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 aware of it. Maybe I m missed it up because I'm speaking English now. <laughs> so he, he sometimes he gets letters from Lego where they tell him to stand down or they just I don't know. They just they're very critical of his stuff and they issue a warning against his content. But he, he, he works with Legos, like he uses no, Legos. No, 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 no. He uses Legos, and I didn't even know. There's other manufacturers who do Lego type of, in German, this word is called Klembausteine. So the, the bricks, they right, have right, it, yeah. right? So I thought Lego, Lego came up with this brick thing, but it's actually manufacturer, many manufacturers all around the world yeah. who are using these bricks, but are just the brick in itself and there are different brands, right? I, I, I always thought it's just Lego. So to make a long story short, he could think this, he could do this, the following. He could just say, you know what? Let's not talk about this because it's legal matters and stuff. Because the only, the only stuff that he talks about are the Lego things, right? Yeah. yeah. But he does talk about it. And then he once said something where I was like, yeah, that's the way how I consider my channel too. He said, Sometimes the bomb explodes and I'm all here for it. And some but of you guys... I, I guess if your audience would want to know about it. Yeah, sometimes it's drama. Sometimes drama. The video, the video that he was talking about, the season desist letter from Lego, got like 2 million views. Yeah. And he said, yes, and he said, hey, maybe the bomb takes, the bomb goes off. Everybody's here now funny. Some of you guys are going to stay for the Lego content. And some of you guys are just looking for bombs. I'm fine with both. Right? So... That's how I view it. And now we've talked about, this all, talked about this already. I think there's a good way to go about it and a bad way to go about it. Now, the guy that I mentioned, the YouTuber, he's a very cool and awesome and likable guy. And the way he talks, it's, it's, just, it's just awesome. Yeah. Especially if you know he's, he's German. He has this, this German style to it, the typical cultural thing. I love it. I love it. I love watching this guy. And now... For example, with the kettlebell, I thought I thought about doing a video too, but I forgot it. Okay. This 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 headphone bell. Right. right. So here's the thing: if you throw something in the marketplace, which is a a pool of piranhas, right? It's <laughs> it's shark infested waters. 
because it is it's competition at the end of the day you want to you want to you are in a growing market you want to sell your product and everybody else wants to sell their product so of course it's bloody waters to a certain extent and now if you give your opinion about it you share it and you say well from my perspective i don't think it does more than a kettlebell i think you could you should stick with a normal kettlebell and you can talk about it because people want you to talk about it that's your audience why not share it because if the product has validity to it it's going to remain in the market and if not if there's no demand it's going to go away yep back back to lindy and i, I guess it's on the onus is on the creators to shed light on on all this stuff yes how, how else would Good people point. people really know about because it? they see it they see it and they think well that's actually a kettlebell and then they stumble over your video where you talk about it and i even yeah i remember i even thought about buying one from squat university and then make a comparison uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I, when I saw it for the first time, I, I thought that's strange. That's that's and that's the only like, thing oh, that I I've never actually used it, so who knows? Hey, exactly. I I, I the, because Yanni Kokozaki, he's the he's the first guy who brought kettlebells to Lebanon. I also had him on a podcast. Very cool guy. So he sent me the image. He's like, "What kind of crap is this?" Right. And I initially reacted. I was like, "Yeah, that looks stupid," but then immediately I said, "But." I didn't use it, so maybe there's something to it. Yeah. But it looks completely strange. I think whoever in, so you said Squat University designed it, but there was one iteration before that, right? I mean, the the intent obviously is like they don't want to bang the wrist because that's like the number one complaint that people have with like when they're starting out with kettlebells, they don't know how to like you know time the bell correctly and move it so that they're not banging. It's a skill question, right? And it's it's, it's a skill question. Want, they don't want to face that. Learning. Yes, you have to learn it. That's it, right? When, when, when I saw it for the first time, I was like, hey, you don't have to bang your, your, your rack or whatever, uh, your forearm. Yeah, but if you just have these headphones dangling around, completely changes the idea of a kettlebell. So the weight displacement is completely different because now it moves back and forth. So your and grip we, is going to work too. And you so here's the thing. We, what, we talked about it before, right? You don't grab a kettlebell. You attach it to your frame. Yeah. So this yeah. is going out the window. And well, maybe it serves you some benefits. Maybe it serves unique benefits. I don't know. But it looks strange to my eye. And if I understand the way I understand it from a kettlebell perspective, I think it's strange. But Squat University said something. He said, well, I never said it's a kettlebell. Say a new thing. It's just a new thing. I'm like, okay, hey, fair point. It's like a dumbbell, but the weights are lower <laughs> <laughs> something like this right it looks strange and and you know with let's say like with the expertise that you and i both have you look at it and it's like hmm i don't know but when i saw the pro kettlebell with the contour pockets which uh, nikolai was so uh was so cool to send me one and also he sponsored a video where i was training with one of his kettlebells oh, okay. which which feels really awesome i understand the contour pockets it's great cool cool way of training and i also like that when you turn the kettlebell around he improved the hole so it's a hollow core to a certain extent it is but the hole is large very large so then you can use these two kilogram or one kilogram increments you can stack them into the kettlebell so it's like hidden in the kettlebell it's it's way better it's more stable when you have it on the floor hey that's great craftsmanship love it man awesome cool I, I gave it know, a, I, yeah. that's I think in terms of like iterations and new versions of an old thing I think he did a great job what's you know the contours are like the main selling point of that kettlebell what I'm actually most impressed by is the handle um there's something about 
you know, you're talking about nuances and this is only something that you'd really feel after doing reps upon reps, the width, what you normally would be a bunch of these other kettlebell manufacturers, they make their stuff overseas in China, you know, and a lot of times they're just the same bells. They just stamp another logo on it. And, um, I'm talking about hard style bells specifically, not even comp bells, which, you know, I guess pro kettlebells. Oh, but like but just, just, just to throw this in there, our kettlebells have been manufactured in China as well. Of course. You, yours look different. Well, we, well, we'll talk about that in a sec, but yeah. I wanted to say that the width of the handle, at least with a lot of the, um, yeah, I guess with the comp bells, they like expand as they meet the horn, right? Mm -hmm. When the handle meets the horn, mm -hmm. they get kind of wider. Yes, but pro, pro kettlebells for some it's like it's consistent. The width is consistent even at that corner, and it's it's a small distinct change that I noticed when I first picked it up. I was like, "There's something about this that feels different," and I I think I just appreciated it because I do have relatively small hands, oh. like and mm -hmm. and so that mm -hmm. part, even though the width I think is interesting, I think the same millimeter width, just that that slight change. I really and it's not talked about, so I wanted to just shout out. That aspect of the design awesome. that I really awesome. like, because I don't really care about the contour. I'm not gonna lie, I don't really need it. I don't mind. Yes, yes. If you mastered it, it, it doesn't matter. Yes, but it I do matter. wish. I wish every kettlebell had that handle because I love that handle a lot. Interesting, because the handle I don't like it that much. You don't? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny. There were a lot of different opinions on this. Yes, That's yes, cool. yes. Which is fine. I like because I think uh, his handles are 32 millimeters, and ours are 35. Okay. So the handles they are, they are, are slightly thicker. smaller too. Yes. So you, so you don't like the the width. Yes. I I don't like the smallers. Uh, but I notice I notice the shape at the horns where it stays very compact and the same. Agree. I didn't feel a big difference there. The only difference that I felt was the handle is, is thinner, and I don't like it. Okay. I, I like I, the that, thicker that's handle. Totally, that's totally fair. Yes. And here's what I also felt. I felt that the the, the pro kettlebell is smaller. You're right. Yeah, the height from the side, the height exactly. Are you talking about the window height? Because I think the window. I think is, the window height is almost the same. And I'm looking. I at I think it. the window height's the same because I didn't feel any difference there. Yes, yes, that, that's the same. But yeah. the, the the kettlebell in itself is a little bit smaller. Right. So the weight displacement, I felt this immediately. The weight displacement when I pressed the 24 with the pro kettlebell was pulling me slightly towards my body. It was like, oh, that's a little bit different up here. While with our kettlebells, which is a little bit bigger, so the weight displacement is maybe a couple of inch millimeters to the to the to the lateral yeah. side. I felt it overhead. It felt a little bit more comfortable because I'm used to that to that uh, 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 to that weight displacement now. But these are small details that I think you only feel them just like you mentioned with the I didn't even think about this, but you you're most definitely right. These are small changes and small. Uh, details that you only feel when you've done a couple of reps with the kettle, thousands of reps, let's be honest, right? right? right. And then you feel it. Um, and I think that for anyone who's new to kettlebells and listening to this uh, this podcast, we should probably make some commentary on what they should buy. That's always like one of the biggest questions I get. I'm sure you get yeah. that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've never used yours. I'll put that out there. Uh, I typically like, the, the conversation for me at least always starts cast iron or comp. Yes, yes. And I personally like cast iron more, mm -hmm. mostly because of the coating. I'll put that out there right now. I like it oh, because powder. they're black. Ah, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, because the color's color. back, right? Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, not the color. I, I like the feel, the texture of a powder coat. Ah, I thought, ah. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, it's not. No, 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 no. Because we have black kettlebells, <laughs> right? We have the big ones, the sixty-fours black, and then the old kettlebells that we had, they, they were all black, and I, I really liked it. Even though now you're the... talking about cast iron, not competition bells, right? Yeah, no, ca uh, competition kettlebells, but from a German manufacturer, and they called them competition fitness kettlebells. Is this like the Rogue one where it has a slight contour? No, 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 okay. no. Okay. full black. Oh, with... oh, I have seen, yes, I've seen foreign, we don't have those here. I've never seen a... Uh... But, and, and, but here's the thing, they're not yeah. worth it if you work with them long enough. Keep your oh, thought, really? keep your train of thought. They're not worth it because the, the mass inside starts breaking. And then you hear it. It's oh. yeah. So it's just the manufacturing support. But probably, no, I, yeah, I like I, I the reason I like the cast iron um, is for most bells. I think when you're using light bells, I personally like a competition bell just hmm. because of the size. You know, it's mm -hmm. weird to have a cast iron bell and like the bells. Like, but I don't even use those that much. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I like the handle uh, and the feel of the powder coat uh, that that cast iron bells have. Having said that, I do I do appreciate the consistency of competition bells, um, and so I don't. But I don't think, given to your point, like an hour and a half ago when we were talking about, um, you know, how you don't view them as like different styles. It's just a different way of working. You know, I don't. Th I think you can use competition bells and cast iron bells no matter what style you're doing. It's just whatever feels yes, best. Yes. What do you, what do you exactly. think about? Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. It, the reason why I say when people ask us, hey, what kind of kettlebell should I use or buy? The reason why I say competition or just hollow core, which I believe is the best feeling. The reason why I say this is because then your, your learning curve will stay consistent. Because I'm assuming if you ask me, you watch a lot of my stuff, and a lot of my content, you're maybe even tinkering with the thought to buy one of our programs. So when you start immersing yourself into the kettlebell and learning the tool and you learn from me, I want you to have this consistent curve of learning. And that's why I think because I teach on competition kettlebells, I got a request from somebody in Italy to do a seminar. And the first thing that I said was, bro, you have to have competitions. Because if you want me to teach from my full potential, I have to teach on that tool. So that's why I say, I think the competition is a great way to start and it's a great kettlebell. But I always say, I also say, if you have a cast iron, that's also cool. If you have one of these crazy, these, these, these uh, rubber bells or these, these corner bells, get rid of them. Yeah, get yourself, right? Either a cast iron or a competition. But since I want to keep it, um very linear with the approach that i have and with the content that we put out i always say step in for a competition kettlebell or opt in for a competition yeah i mean if you're trying to get that consistent hand insertion and the like, yes the yes yes but you're fine with both at the end of the day and even i even sometimes when people say but i have these crappy kettlebells even some of our clients have these ultimate crappy kettlebells so when angie's coaching them they always say well but it hurts and then angie says well that's your that's the reason it hurts because your kettlebell is like this. Right. Unless you opt in for a better one, you have to put up with that pain. And these bells, if they're high quality, they're going to last longer than you will last. Like they're, <laughs> Most definitely. They're going to outlive us. The cheap, you know, oh, and bells, though, they're and not going to last. Long. And you're mentioning a very good point where the cast iron is a, at a clear 
advantageous position, the hollow core will break earlier the competition than a cast iron. And I so, feel it especially with the lighter bells. The paint comes off, and and with the with the black kettlebells that we had, those those competition fitness kettlebells, the crackling inside because the material is breaking, that's really really awkward to train with. I I, I hate it. That's why I opted in for our own. So yeah. So with yours, um, so just I, I guess I'm curious about the manufacturing process. That hollow core, the the void, you can still create that with a single cast. Right, oh, so it's not, is, uh, or is that because I Nikolai? I know he doesn't have a hollow sphere, like a, a hollow void in his, because his is just like it's it's, it's a single mass. And then there's yep, like a blank. exactly, exactly. So the, as it gets heavier, the the um, additional mass it just goes yes, down. Yes, it doesn't yes. make the sphere the void smaller. Yes. Um, I guess I'm just curious. Do you know like the details about the manufacturing? Because I don't know how the comp. I get that the paint would break down, but the insides. I guess I'm not visualing that. How would that? Is it a well, separate? The, the inside, um, I have to be more exact. With the hollow core, I don't think they break down as easily, but these filled ones, they broke down easily. Filled ones, okay. I, the I filled ones, yes. And even with the hollow core, I would say that a cast iron is more durable because of yeah, its yeah. build, right? right? You see that you, there's even these videos where they shoot kettlebells with, 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 a, with, with sniper rifles and stuff. And then I've the kettlebell even those. yeah you gotta check them out millions of views <laughs> where the kettlebell lasts right again against a heavy sniper rifle shot boom and the kettlebell's like man i'm still standing i'm like wow yeah. that's cast yeah. iron i my yeah. advice you know bringing it back is just spend the extra money for a higher quality bell because it will last you forever the one exception though this is the balance thing do you really want to spend so much money on a light bell that you'll probably quickly outgrow. Good point. You have to figure out, you know, are you still going to be able to use that in the future? And you can for certain movements, but the majority of your time will be spent with heavier bells that you won't be able to use when you're first buying kettlebells. So there's this balance of like, you should mm -hmm. get a cheaper, you know, if you're not going to actually use it, you know, so. Um, That's a good point, but we could, we could balance the statement by saying that most people just train once a week. So they will stay with a with a single weight for a very long time. Yeah, you and I, you and I, were cracks, right? So we train four or five times a week. That's different, but most people they train once, yeah. It, yeah. and that then then we're good. If 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 you have if you have somebody who trains once year round, they're already at the top of the pyramid, right? Because most people just yeah, you know what it is with fitness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we're getting we're getting kind of nuanced, but I know I I just wanted to bring that up because I know that like a lot of people have that question. Um, so I think you. But you're right, most definitely. You're right, most definitely. You you will outgrow your kettlebell pretty fast, especially if you work with a coach or a great program. You probably will outgrow that weight. That's why I always call these for men twenty. I would even say twenty four, twenty eight. These are evergreen weights that you will. I will always use the twenty four. Dude, I always. thought I would outgrow that. And I'm, yeah, I'm like using the 24, they're like the 24 and the 28, they're both my favorite weights, but I've been, mm -hmm. they've been my favorite weights for like over a year now. And it's like, come on, can't the 32 be my standard bell? And I'm not there. Yet, <laughs> yes, but... The 30's a beast, man. The 32's like, a beast. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. Like I obviously use the 32 and up and like, but like, yes, yes. The, if I'm trying to get reps in, you know, uh -huh. if I'm doing strict presses by like, you know, set four or whatever, I'm 
doing a push press instead and so i'm not getting that that yeah grind. yeah I can, yeah i can get with the 24 and the 28 so yes and see and the double 32s i mean the, double I, 32s yeah that's that's so monstrous of course you have to that's why it was i think it was intended to be used for the when they use it in a sport to put perfect technique and endurance on display and that's why thierry henry it's so sh so such a shame that some of these old school uh, kettlebell sport guys they're not around anymore or they don't put out content at all but he said they they relate um the russians or, or the, the the eastern Bloc folks they refer to the endurance that you need in order to power through a 10 minute set with double 24s or double 32s they refer to this as hybrid endurance they don't call it strength endurance because strength endurance is like 20 reps and then you're gone, right? But what, 100 reps with 64 kg, my body weight for 10 minutes? What kind of strength is this, right? It's a different it's, type of person. But yeah, yeah it's a, you have to be a different type of person. Technique. But you know what though? You know Anthony Manko? Uh, <laughs> Dude, I mean, this guy lifts like 50, he just shoulder presses a 50. Hey. You know, no. I I don't want to be the neighbor living below him. <laughs> the Hulk living in that. Him, you know, Rhino Strength. I don't know Rhino. I don't know. Do you know what's his real name? You know, uh, I, I think last name is Who Hoots or something. Eric, maybe. Steve. No, 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 no. Steve, 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 Steve Coots or something. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to give him a shout out too. Like there are some beasts out there, and granted, yeah. they're bigger guys than we are. I don't know yeah. how tall you are, but yeah. in, in order. You know, you're talking about evergreen weights. Other people have different evergreen weights because they're just bigger people. Oh, of course, but these it's are like, the extreme. I think that's yeah, the extreme. Yeah. You, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lightweight dude. I'm, I'm one seventy centimeters. I think that's five seven, five eight something. And okay. I, I recently fell below my, a couple of years ago. I called it my standard weight. I'm never okay. going below. I'm never going below that weight. But I'm, I'm now sixty nine point five kg, and I feel. I feel the most awesome when I look into the mirror. I love my 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 button. The 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 somebody recently commented, bro. You, you the more you put out content like this, the more I think you look like Bruce Lee. So oh. I I identify my body type as the Bruce Lee body type. Mm, yeah. Right. This guy was a complete lightweight, but a a a ninja. Right. Yeah. So so I I feel completely comfortable. I'm like. Not just because of the Bruce Lee thing, right? It's it's also maturing and growing older. I don't care if somebody's like 20 kg heavy. That's awesome. And I, I, I'm very fascinated by these feats of strength. Yeah. But if you look at it from a perspective of, let's say, like average, it's the extreme. It's just like the – did you hear about this guy? I, I think in every podcast, since I heard about it, in every podcast, I bring it up. This guy who ran the marathon in two hours and five minutes? I didn't know. What about him? That, that's, I think he, oh, he's an effort. Yeah, I mean, two hours and five minutes? I mean, no, it's insane. I wouldn't be able to do that. That's, that's, that's an average pace of 20 kilometers per hour. Uh, I mean, it comes back to what we're saying about social media, too. It's like the, the crazy stuff and the cream of the crop rises to the top. Yes, exactly. Because exactly. we're attracted to anomalies. Yes, yes. And, and, yes, and we're fascinated and, by it. Yeah. But your, but your skill, given your, your, your physical capabilities, not your physical based on like your height and weight though that's what you should you should be judging apples to apples too you yes. know like that's why they say pound for pound in boxing right pound for pound. exactly yes 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 
Yes. Like you're not you're not going to put a heavyweight next to a featherweight, you know, like Yes, like, of course it's going to of course it's not going to work. Yes. And 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 I think uh who, who said this? Uh it was uh Andrew Charniga, but Charniga, he said, "You know who's the strongest guy on earth is?" And he mentioned this South Korean weightlifter. Okay. And he said, "Do you know Talacha? I, I don't know his name. I always forget his name. He's Georgian and and the guy clean and jerks like 200 kilos. He's he's a monster." The Olympian who's like white. Yeah, the Olympian. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And has a big belly and yeah, big yeah. guy. And man, these, he got this guy moves weights like crazy. And he said, well, he's actually the strongest dude who moves the lightest weights or something like this. He's the strongest, lightest, something like this. I said, why? He said, well, based upon relative strength, look at the South Korean guy. Right? 70 kilo body weight, clean and jerking like 160 kilos. For so, if we put this in perspective, a 120 kilogram guy should lift even more, right? So, relative strength from a relative the, strength speaking. Yeah, there's a there's a scaling issue that I've read about too, mm. where I, I think it's seen more across species than within species. Mm. You know, like where an ant can lift like a crazy amount of weight relative to its body, like in nature, typically smaller animals lift more weight relative to their bodies than larger animals you know and i i think that's only true within species like human like within the human species that's only true if you actually train that much you know um but i i wonder i i, I don't have any studies to back this up i think people who don't train it's pretty linear but when you do train there is some exponential phenomenon where you know, even though you are much lighter, you know, relative to your weight, you probably do lift more than those, yeah. those you know, heavier people. But mm -hmm. of course, the strongman competitions are crazy because you just want to see the biggest guy with the biggest weight. Yes. But, but, but <laughs> people don't and see when, the nuance in the relative strength. Yes. Yeah. That's a very good point about the about this uh, comparison to the animals. Most definitely. And, and you're saying most normal people, I agree, unless you were born in Kazakhstan and you eat rocks for breakfast. <laughs> look at these look at these guys i mean what they, they live on a farm their whole life and and they lift rocks and stones with what, what kind of I, yeah they eat rocks for breakfast yeah i when, feel I, I was in the marines and i feel weak to most mostly <laughs> and these are specimen right so and i think you, you, you we talked about this in the beginning about um most human beings are hunter gatherers right, right. so we have we are rather strength endurance beings. We have to cover a lot of distance. Of course, we have to hunt, but then we have to carry that stuff home. So it makes us strength endurance beasts. And I think even a, I always forget his name. It was a, a I think he, he's a scientist. I don't know in what field. I think evolutionary scientist. He said, the human beings are the turtles of the animal kingdom. Not Richard Dawkins, is it? Oh, no, no, not Dawkins. Not Dawkins. Okay. Now, I, could, I could look him up, but who cares? So this guy said this. So <laughs> we are we are strength endurance beings, but we have anomalies. We have specimen. Then you have this guy running 20 kilometers per hour for a marathon, which is a, a maximum all-out sprint for me. And then you have this other guy, Brian Shaw, who's a, yeah. who's a living, who's, who's Goliath's brother, right? A living giant. So, so we have this, this, these extremes, 
But most of us who are in the middle, that's why I'm calling these evergreen mates to, to bring it back to this discussion. That's why I think 24, 28, for males at least, and that's the experience that we have as well, it's 2024s, and that's where most people stop to a certain extent, when, when you press and clean it and snatch it and stuff. Because they, they don't even have to go heavier. And for the females, it's 12, 14, and 16, then it gets, a little, it gets really heavy for them. So that's the experience that I have with, and with, with the clients that we work with. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then from there, it's like you do those weights, you know, more reps within this uh, amount of time or you can go heavier for fewer reps. And exactly you know, the, the basics. But, so f yeah, finally, Eric, my question, man, we've been talking for what? Like two it's, hours and 40 minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, I think What's it's your longest longest podcast. What's your longest yes, it is. It is. I, and I is love this it. one. This is yes, it is. It is. Wow. I love every minute of it, man. Really awesome. <laughs> really awesome. So my question, my final question. So your, your training, your regular training, do you have some kind of, let's say like most bang for your buck workout or your workout that gives you the highest return on investment? If yes, what kind of exercises, what kind of protocol? Yes. Would be interested in I this. Have, I have a reset workout that I do every time I have to take a forced break from training and I want to get back into it. It's a three exercise circuit and it's uh, push-ups, which is, you know, body weight, not kettlebell, uh, the clean and thrust, double clean and thruster. Oh, and then uh, dead. That's snap. a tough one. Yeah. Well, the, the, the clean and thruster is probably my favorite movement, I would say, because it incorporates so much which is why that's a staple movement of mine for this reset workout. Um, the rep counts and the amount of rounds differs depending on, you know, how I'm feeling or you know what my intent is. But those three movements are staples of mine. Push-ups, uh, double clean and thruster, and the dead snatch. Mm. Mm. I think your training and mine are very different um, in terms of, like, the ballistics. I really love dead movements more than you know that eccentric uh, uh phase of, of, of uh that comes with like more of the ballistic stuff um where you, where you really stop the bell, bell take take away the I, momentum and then go back at it right yeah i really mm -hmm. want to stop the bell each time just to make it as hard as possible for myself <laughs> yeah 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 and, and and what what would be the rep scheme for for so a typical just see, average I, it, average it differs depending on the weight but say i'm doing uh Say I'm doing like a 24s, right? So with like uh -huh. a double. So typically I would for the, let's start with the rounds. If I'm doing like a 10 round workout, mm. which is not atypical. I do like to do like typically like six to 10 rounds for a mm. circuit. Mm. Sometimes less if I do multiple circuits. My The way that my uh, workouts are formatted differs depending on how much time I have, how minimalist I want it to be. Um, the more complicated the workouts, the more specific muscle groups I work. Uh, the more minimalist they are, the the more holistic exercises. So yeah, 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 most definitely. You, get, yep. you got what I'm saying. Um, so for this specific workout, if I'm doing like 10 reps, or sorry, 10 rounds. Yeah. For push-ups, I would do 30 reps, a set. And then for the clean and thruster, if I'm doing the 24, probably like around eight reps with the double clean and thruster per mm -hmm. round. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to caveat caveat that too. Previously, when I only worked out outdoors, I would only bring two, one or two kettlebells with me. Now that I have access to a gym that has a lot of kettlebells, 
I'm able to, you know, use different weights. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I typically now do like more warm up sets with lighter weights. Mm -hmm. It just feels better. Then I go into the workout. But if I'm only keeping, you know, to this hypothetical of just the 224s, probably like, yeah, eight reps per round for the double clean and thruster, six to 10 reps, but eight on average. Um, again, nuance, right? Mm -hmm. No, of course. Yeah. And then with the dead snatch, eight reps on each side. So with the dead snatch, you drop the belt to the floor, you pull it backswing up, and then you drop it fully or go into the rack? Uh, so I want to be, well, I want to be clear with the language too, with the back, you said a backswing. So I, the, the bell is placed at my heels, right? Parallel to the heels. And then I grab the bell. The only thing that swings is my opposite arm, the free arm, but the bell itself just goes up in a straight line. So from the heels up to the, the overhead, uh, you know, behind the head and then I, I rack it. I do a half snatch. Half snatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then once it's at the rack, then I bring it down to the ground, another rep. But, yeah, but yeah. And I get it. It's, it's when you technically describe it perfectly then it's like a dead stop half snap right so the the work gets so long so oh, it's like bro it's it's a dead I, stop well snap. no i i've had i've had arguments with people about the term <laughs> dead stop because ah I, okay because when, when i say dead stop yeah and I put, like listen, everything is made up at the end of the day language is a made up thing but yes. when i say dead stop what i'm referring to is the ballistics but i always start with the bell in front of me on the ground Starting so, so like you know how you're starting off with the swing, say you're like a foot away and you're you know, yes 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 yeah, that's not that's not a that's that's a typical a typical snatch right so swing it let's go right swing it up but then with the dead stop every rep I put it back down on the yes ground. every every and here here's an interesting point where I would where I think it's it's fascinating now first of all I agree wholeheartedly dead stop me I mean where does the word deadlift come from it's right. dead weight on the ground and you pick it up. So if somebody tells me, uh, we, we recently did it. It was a dead stop double swing. Very heavy kettlebells, double swing, boom. And then you drop it, bam, relax. Okay. And then boom, back, right? So that's a dead stop. You, you want the weight to be dead on the floor. Right, so, but I differentiate dead stop versus dead. That's what In I'm saying. Uh, un interesting. So, because when that, you're doing dead stop, in my mind, and what I know, I know other people who also refer to it this way, is that it is moving back and forth, and then you stop it. But with a dead movement, it's typically just vertical motions of the belt. That's that that's sense? what I want. Yeah, that's what I wanted to clarify. So, in in my mind, dead stop means let's 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 take the snatch because it's a great example, right? So, doesn't matter if it's a half snatch or overhead. So you drop the bell, it goes into the backswing. And I drop it half a meter in front of me. So it's okay. on the floor. For me, that's dead stop, right? Dead right. stop. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. And you're saying if I take away the initial momentum, the initial yeah. inertia that I'm getting, I take it away and I have to really rip it up. Right. That's a dead position. From, yeah. So I call that just... Yeah, to definitely. differentiate these two, I, I, exactly. I love it. So, so then it's a dead snatch, right? Dead, yeah, that would be a dead, technically dead half snatch. Exactly, I, exactly. I never, I never do a dead full snatch because what that would entail is I'm bringing yes, it you, you you have to, to the overhead and then from the overhead, I'm not putting it straight down on the ground. No, I'm you gonna, I'm going to stop it. it at the half position. Ah, you got it, got it, got it, got it. So exactly, that's what I wanted to uh, clarify. And but, I, but I do do dead stop full snatches. Because if I'm if I'm in the overhead, I, I'm comfortable bringing it down behind me and then stopping it in front of me. 
because technically the full snatch, right? Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Down yeah. between the legs. Yeah. That would be the full snatch because the half, you know, for the people listening, the half snatch means you bring it back to the rack before. I'm I'm always going to bring it to the rack if I'm putting it directly underneath my torso for the dead snatch. But for the dead stop, I can do full or a half snatch. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. for additional clarification. Anyway. Yes, so yes, yes. And, and that's, here's the thing. I, I love this idea of, and, and just to, put this even more into perspective your podcast is the first time i'm actually asking people how do you train oh really yeah because we have like i'm realizing when i when i have these conversations with people it goes to the sahara and back right we talk about god in the world right yeah but then so many times i realize man i'm not even asking these guys how they train <laughs> so you're actually the first one where i really want to know how you train so yes but i mean sorry i continue yeah aside from that so I love the way that you drop the bell between your legs and, and you, you, you mention at heel level. So even a little bit behind your center of mass, right? Yes. So then this requires from this position to snatch the weight up. This requires a lot of grinding movements. It's like a grind ballistic combination, right? Because it's, yeah, yeah. It, it creates momentum. There is some momentum because I'm using my free arm. With the, I'm swinging my free arm. So there's a little also, bit of that. Ah, okay, okay, okay. And I like the idea. It, it's it's a it it uses the snatch, but it creates a different demand on the body. Yeah, which yeah. I which I find fascinating. So, and, okay, and, so, yeah. and another point of clarification for people listening: I'm still using my lower body and my posterior t- chain to bring the bell up. So, like, there's there's a slight differentiation in the uh, like musculature that's being used, but um, it feels a lot better for me than to and it and it feels better on my hands frankly uh, um, mm-hmm. than, than ballistic snatches so mm-hmm. uh, so that's why i like doing dead movements a lot love it so and and with this let's say like this 10 round workout so this would entail 300 push-ups 80 cleaning thrusters and 80 dead snatches per side right that's, yeah and again it depends you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll change each time i don't have i don't like prescribing very specific exercises each week um I'll lose interest if it's too scientific. This is a place in my, it's a meditative state that I get into. Uh-huh. I like uh-huh. pushing myself and I like changing things up within the parameters of, you know, maintaining simplicity. I like that. I like, see, see, there's all, this, this just brings to the topic, these two different train of thoughts. I do understand 100% where you're coming from because in so often now that I've matured to the stage, when I train, I feel like, no, I, I want to do something different. Let's, let's, let's try combine this. And then, intra-workout i am switching things up right which is awesome and it's also kind of it's not a meditative state for me it's more like hey i want to do something else and then a kettle fill i had him on a podcast last time yeah Yeah. he he confirmed this he's like yeah sometimes i go in and then i do what i want kind of like unless he's preparing for a competition then of course he has to follow a set and linear program and i like this approach and in the course that i'm enrolled in right now the guy says, I want to take away decision fatigue. We decide throughout the day, we make hundreds of decisions. And especially as an entrepreneur and as a businessman, you, you make so many decisions. And it's like a muscle. The more you decide, the less you want to decide, especially in the evening. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'll leave it as that, blah, blah, blah. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm now starting to plan my workouts again. Where I'm like, okay, the workout that I did yesterday, which was really awesome, I did... Um, 
And by the way, by the way, if if Joe Rogan would ask you, hey, how do you, just like I ask you, how do you train? You would be able to pump out a couple of workouts, right? You would say, this is what I do, then I do this, then I do this. And I think one of the reasons why this Pavel statement was a little bit strange is because, bro, the guy's asking you, how did you train? And you say two movements? Yeah. If you'd ask me, I can tell you, well, it depends. We have a circuit method. I have an AMSET method. I have a Tabata method. I have an EMO method. Which one do you want? You want the exercises? Well, it's press, squat, swing, carries. That's normal. But then I also like mixing the barbell. And the workout that I did yesterday was awesome because I was uh, searching a little bit on the internet. And then I found a very great uh, uh, page where they have some kind of CrossFit workouts. And I like the idea of CrossFit workouts because one thing that I want to try is a chipper workout. Have you heard about this? I don't think so. No, what is that? It's, it's a great idea. It's like you have these hundreds of reps. And you want to chip away the reps. It's like hundreds of swings. Then it's hundred clean and press, hundred snatch. So it's a, it's a huge number. And you want to chip away at the reps and go slow and take your time. So that's a chipper workout where you have exercises with a lot of reps, a lot of volume. And I like the idea. And I'm now trying to put this into a follow along workout where people can actually follow along, right? It's like and, it's like you're you're subtracting instead of adding. Basically. Yes, yes, yes. It's hundred. Let's go. When you set up when you set a workout, you're like, okay, I'm gonna do hundred reps. In this mindset, you're saying, I'm going to chip away at 100 reps. Exactly. I start, I start <laughs> at the bottom of the mountain. I want to get to the top. And I, when I'm at the top, I die. I die. Yeah. Oh, not, I start at the top of the mountain. Start I want the to, top, yeah. ex exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, I like, and, and that's the thing. I'm so open-minded. I love these ideas. And then it forces my brain to work on, hey, how could we use this chipper idea, not burn out our clients, but give them a new, fresh idea of a workout protocol, and still give them something to strive for where they're like, hey, man, if you have to do 100 snatches, that's way too much, right? For no, regular people most of the time. So let's stay with something a little bit more feasible. Yeah. But I'm, uh, uh, but I'm uh, getting sidetracked here. So uh, and I lost my train of thought. See, sometimes <laughs> I get sidetracked and I forget what well, I wanted to say. No, yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking as, as, you were, as you were saying that, I, 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 it's, you're trying to make this simple entertaining because you exactly. still want to do the basic movements how do you do the basic movements but be interested right Ex Some exactly people, they, they can be interested in just doing presses for the rest of their life yes yeah. it's it's how you plan it it's how you schedule it it's yeah. you know what funny thing is our clients tell us there's always something new when at the end of the day it's the protocol that changes so for example with the circuit oh i remember i wanted to share the workout that i did yesterday but we have the circuit method where I say, hey, we have three exercises for two minutes each. And the idea is to not let the kettlebell touch the floor okay. for six minutes. So that's kind of like a strength endurance workout. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we have the MSAP where we have like you, hey, I have, um, I always like the time rounds because it works well with clients. So, so then I say the, the round is six minutes. We have three exercises for 10 reps. We do MSAP for six minutes. And then we combine these. That's a great combo. M7 circuit. So it's more like strength and muscle. Then it's like cardio and endurance. And then I also like EMOM. I really fell in love with EMOM. Very cool idea where you do a, the given set of exercises at the start of each minute and then rest until the next minute begins. And then you have the Tabata, which we also started incorporating. But not in the idea of Tabata where you have to kill yourself, but just <laughs> we have currently it's 40 seconds of double dead stop swing. Then you rest for 20 seconds. Then you have 40 seconds of double clean. Then you rest. Then you have 40 seconds of the squat. Then you rest. And it's such a great way to train. Yeah. And, 
and, and one thing that the kettlebell gives me, which I so love, is especially on Mondays when we, when we devised, we call them workout of the week, that where almost everybody does these, especially the, the advanced ones. It's always the kettlebell gives you this primal feeling of training. And I, I, I never want to lose it. That's why I think I wouldn't feel comfortable now just sticking to a machine workout only because I need to have this, the sweat going, the blood pumping, not just the pump, but everything. The whole system right. has to be engaged, right? Yeah, I tried a typical machine workout when I was visiting family after like a year and a half of just doing bells. I was like, this is incredibly boring. This is, this sucks. <laughs> it is. Yes. So, that, that is one of the benefits too of the kettlebells. They are entertaining. Um, and just to put a bow on my training method though, I, 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 I love clarity. And so at a certain point I was like, how many, what, what exercises am I actually doing? And so I spent a day and I wrote down every exercise and I, and I labeled them. I was like, I do this one a lot. I do these ones very rarely. And I, you know, and so all in all, it's like 60 to 70 exercises or movements that I do. And like, those include like certain variations, you know, and those are with single bells and it's not including the double. And if and you then, will, if you will, yeah. I'm sorry, if you will boil it down, not the variations, if you will boil it down, where would you end up? Well, it would be like the, it, well, they'd all be like variations of the basics, I would say. So like uh, a clean uh, squat, a press, a snatch, and uh, what I say. Because I, I did the same thing like you, and I came up with 10 exercises that I do on oh, a regular. So mine, well, mine include more variate. The, the 60 to 70 includes more variations. The, that's why I wanted to ask. Yes, if you boil yeah, yeah. it down without yeah. the variance, then it's like, because I did this too, because I wanted to get clarity. I love this. And I, I, I realized it's, it's deadlift, it's row, the pulling, it's the lunge, it's the squat, it's the press, it's the yeah. get up, even though I've moved away from the get up and it's the windmill. And then yeah, we have the swing, the clean and press and the snatch. So it's 10 basics. And of course, if you use the doubles, it switches a little bit. But like, even, like the clean and press, I would just, I would call that a variation. Because it's yeah, too you're right. It's two so, exercises exactly. Anyway, so so like as long as you're sticking to the basics, and doing variations of those, you know, stay within those parameters. You can do a time-based workout. You can do a rep-based workout, circuit, all anything within those parameters. I'm fine with you know. Awesome, awesome. Yes, and and it, it's awesome because I I want to get these ideas and then do a workout and then I'm gonna call it the the Eric does kettlebell workout. Because that's a great right. idea, and and you, I love I love how you incorporate push-ups, right? Because I've started incorporating uh, military burpees, not the CrossFit ones where you jump around and look like a fool, but the <laughs> ones where you really go down, solid push-up, jump back up, stand up. These typical one pump, two pump, three pump burpees, which I, I really fell in love with them. Right. Because it's it's like I don't know what it is with you, but in my my voice behind me is always telling me like, man, you gotta include those bench presses, you gotta include those push-ups for a nice solid chest. <laughs> I oh, yeah. always no, get that. Listen, I'm I'm no better than anyone else. I, I think the aesthetics really help me psychologically and Yeah. And I do think that where kettlebells fall short is with chest development. So um great point. Great and I point. think push ups um and pull ups yeah. are yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. One hundred percent agree. Especially because it proves to people that they have zero excuse. Like y you literally just need a floor and you can do a push up. Exactly. You know, with with the uh, pull ups, it's it might be more. There's more. Is a s slight barrier to entry. Yes. <laughs> yes. You need you need a pull up bar. Yes. But if if if, if you don't have anything else, push ups, 
bodyweight squats, which can go into pistol squats when you, you know, need more resistance. Yeah. Yeah. And then pull ups. And yeah. I always say, I always tell now, now that I've gotten fallen so in love with burpees, I always tell our clients, listen, this is your perfect hotel workout. Yeah. A couple of one pump burpees, you're good. It involves the whole body. Yeah. They should. Yeah. I, I, although I do think that there should be more pull up bars around the world. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. Pull ups are awesome. Yes. It, we should, it should be a legal requirement to have a pull up every mile. I love it. <laughs> I love this. And I see, see, that's why we're very like minded with the same. And it's, I think if you look for the truth and you look for, you look for it, honestly, you end up at the same conclusion. I mean, Push-ups, I always tell our clients, there's a reason why this exercise has been around since forever. Lindy. Right, exactly, the Lindy uh, effect. I'm just gonna keep drilling this idea. Yeah, I love this, I love this. And the pull-up, same. And I, every week, include push-ups and the burpee as a variation with the one pump or two pump and pull-ups. They're, every week, they're in my schedule. Oh, interesting. So I, yeah. I don't do burpees that much that often i probably should but um i don't know i maybe it's i don't know why i don't know i just i, I guess i don't think about doing them enough i yeah. know people do burpees with pull-ups you know what i'm talking about where like they yeah, yeah. and i do this too uh, i do I, as a finisher i do 25 of these where you jump down boom back one and then back down and it's i love that feeling Wait, and you also do, you do one set of 25 pull-up burpees Yes, yes. A it's lot of pull-ups. Down, there. boom, one, and then down, boom. And it's easy. It's easy. I mean, it's easy for me now. But <laughs> I love, here's what I love about this. It, it, in, it entails everything. And now that I've done so many burpees, just I wanted to do a reel about it. Because you can actually, when you look at the, the one-pump burpee, or yeah. just, just a plain burpee with, and this one guy said it perfectly. He said, a burpee is fun when there's control involved and not the jumping around and clowning around and falling down on the floor and breaking in the nose. That's not control, <laughs> right? Yeah. So control is all about doing it with, with a lot, with good form. So I've realized when you drop down to the burpee, you go down into the bottom of the push-up. you have two variations. You can, I, I love this, this explosive movement where you push your whole body off the floor and then jump immediately into the bottom of the squat. So your hands are away and you land in the bottom of a squat. So that's kind of like an explosive push-up where you push your whole body off the floor. Yeah, it's like you, I mean, you have to reach a certain strength in order to do uh, of, that. Of course, of course, of course. Um, that's, that's a given. But the, the cool thing about it, this is my focus in that regard is then more on the legs. Because I jump into the bottom of the squat really and I have the mobility to go really deep and then I stand up. But then yesterday, I focused on a rather, I would even call it a planche burpee. Yeah. Where the, the planche is this, this crazy movement from the calisthenics guys, right? right? Where you have, they have their hands on, on the floor, then they lift their whole body off the floor, and then it looks, the, oh, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Talking about and relative so, strength. That's yes, like exactly. And calisthenics guys, these are crazy strong guys. Yeah, so yeah. you jump down, it's, it's, so you go down on your hands, jump back in the feet, bring your hands a little bit behind your chest, go down as far as you can, and then you push your whole body off the floor and then stand up. I've realized if you have the good kinesthetic literacy, you can 
dial the exercise more towards your legs or more towards your upper body. And if you uh, come and if you combine it with kettlebells, it's man, it's a match made in heaven, man. And and that's the workout that I did yesterday, just to reiterate. I love I love it. I have 15 EMOM rounds. And I, I mean I have a whole gym at my own disposal, so I can do I can go nuts with it. Yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. I do three heavy bench presses. So the round starts, it's three reps, one, two, three. Rack it, rack it, immediately go to the pull-up bar, do six. Yeah. And then I rest. And in the next round, so in the it's the even round then. So in odd rounds, I'll do the barbell and the pull-up. And in even rounds, I do a heavy squat, three reps, and then uh, either lunges or bodyweight squat, six reps. And they call it, I think this, this guy from Men's Health called it, called it the contrast method, which I really like. It's like first you give your body something really heavy, and then you give your body something a little bit easier. So first it's heavy weights, and then it's kind of like body weight. Infusing your body, sort of. It, it's really cool. So that's the first 15 minutes. And then the second 15 minutes, because I'm so hooked on kettlebells and I'm hooked on the primal way of training, I do four heavy cleans, boom, 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 and six burpees for 15 EMOMs. Beautiful. And I mean, I, it, it's I like love a, it, man. feels like a playground after a while, you know? Yes, yes, Some, yes, some yes. people, when they're listening to you say this, like, wow, that sounds like torture. But for, for you and me, it's like, ah, oh, it sounds fun. I want to try yes. it out. <laughs> Exactly. You know? It's exactly. And I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to sound arrogant. But the more you get into it, it's just all about experience and putting in the reps. And then you will be able to do these workouts. Looking forward to it with a lot of fun. And man, if I use double twenty eights, it's gonna kill me. So I use my working weights, which is double twenties or double twenty four. And on the bench, I have maybe seventy five, maybe eighty kilo max. So I don't. And on the squat, maybe ninety kilo max. I don't go heavy with the weights. Right, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to crush myself. The idea is to have everything: a little bit of strength, a little bit of body weight. Yeah. And man, I, I, I love it. Good stuff, dude. I hate to do this. I really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I've been drinking. I've, like, oh, I've this whole thing. I've been refilling my cup. Okay, let me show you this. Yeah, yeah. Even my, even my water bottles a kettlebell. I've been. I've oh, been, awesome. I've been filling up this cup with water this whole time, so I. Yes. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's, it's, let's call it a day, man. It was right. hey, It was really, really awesome talking to you, Eric, and nice right. getting to know you. It's the longest podcast ever, and yeah, I fully enjoyed every second of it, man. Yeah, me too. I I appreciate you having me on. This is a learning experience. Is the the first time I felt like I was both listening and interacting with the podcast, so it's been great. Awesome, and likewise, awesome. We help busy over forties get in shape in thirty days with only thirty minutes of kettlebell training per week. Grab your free ebook to find out how we do this. Type yes in the comments or check the link in our bio or description.